0: Hey guys, brand new podcast, and this is a good one. It's Anthony Cumia, and I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and he just released a book called Permanently Suspended. Um, I think that's the name of it. Yep. Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> I was just reading it on the toilet. I didn't read it before the interview, because I wanted to, because obviously, if you don't know, I'll let you know right now, I was a huge O&A fan, huge, still to this day, I listen to them on YouTube. Um and my big thing was to get on the show and to do the show. I wanted to be like a regular, but that never really worked out that way. I mean, I guess, I, I don't, yeah. Well, I think I did it once. I think I did their show once. I think once, yeah. But, and so uh, I didn't want to read the book because I was a huge fan. And I wanted, to, um, I wanted to interview him organically off of the questions I had as a fan. Right. And I didn't want to read the book and then go, whoa, 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 whoa. So th- you're program director in Boston. Like I didn't like, cause yeah, people, yeah. you know, cause I, I don't know. So,
1: well, I'm glad you're releasing this episode. So I just got a really nasty email from a fan pissed off that you have recorded it and not released it.
0: Hey guys, you don't have to be <laughs> pissed off in these emails or things on line. You can just talk to me. I d- will sit on some podcasts because I don't have the luxury of just being home all the time.
1: That and some, the, the artist wants it strategically released. Yeah, so sometimes they say, hey, can you release this on this week? So that's not even us or you.
0: Yeah. But um, I will say this, great uh, day yesterday and starting in 2019, not all of them because we are backlogged, but I think we will be um, upgrading the podcast to uh, a very high level. Uh, four cameras. Uh, for for audio for video audio is not going to change at all. But then we can try it. We're going to try to stream live uh, to Facebook Live for open tabs. Awesome. So open tabs this week will be done pantless. Um, pantless. Because, because I made a bet that if Paul got five thousand followers on Instagram, the state king, kidding me. I do a pantless. But you can't see my you can't see me anyway because I'm well. You can kind of. I've done it in a speedo and it looks a lot like the similar. Um, Wait. So
1: can you wear uh, underwear?
0: No pantless baby. Yeah, Yo,
1: you totally done yeah. that's not even attractive we've already fucking husband yeah i know but that's we both know that's not attractive that's not okay who's gonna watch that are you are Baby, you, you can't are see you, anything are you fuzzing it out
0: no you can't see i'm not gonna stand are you and gonna it. tuck
1: it and sit <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know you're getting some real big balls on you
1: <laughs> no i think those balls would be yours which will be shown apparently on open tabs Wow. She uh, does think. 100
0: podcasts. It's and all not a sudden 100, it's only 50 Ron Bennington over oh, here busting no. balls.
1: It's my Leantics.
0: Wow. <laughs> she's on fire, everyone. Check out this week's episode.
1: I like the early morning reads. I'm really up.
0: It's early. I get, we're going to make this tight because I have to go to spin class. Oh, man. And so, uh, and we, we're going to my spin teachers coming up on the 20th. We're going to do a podcast with her. You are? Yeah, with Have Stacey. you put that
1: on the calendar, please? I
0: have not put it on the we'll calendar. We'll put it on
1: the calendar, oh, would you, well. so other people can understand what's happening.
0: You're going to be impressed, everyone, with how tight my reads are today. Awesome. By the way, I'm in Spokane this weekend, and Brea, New Year's Eve. And then, starting in 2019, the Body Shots <laughs> World Tour.
1: January have... 11th, right? I think that's what? the first day. January
0: 7th, is... I think. Mm-mm. No. What are you knowing me? Because that's
1: not the right date. I think we may... No, it's not the right date.
0: Portland, January 7th or 8th. No. It's Portland. I know it's Portland.
1: I'm checking right now.
0: Revolution Hall, maybe? January
1: 7th is a Monday. (laughs) So, um, I don't think... I've been
0: saying January 7th this whole time.
1: According to your calendar, Thursday the 10th is your January 10th is the
0: beginning of the Body Shots World Tour big announcements coming up about the Body Shots World Tour every show has now added a second show except for Vegas I think Vegas we're only doing one because our families are coming out we're going to go party that night yeah but uh, every show is uh, every show has gotten a second show and some third some fourth and some fifth so if you couldn't get tickets get tickets uh, I would love to see you on the tour a new hour of material that I'm absolutely loving um, and that's it I can't wait to see you Uh, I am trying to figure out a meet-and-greet solution. I want to still do meet-and-greets. It's just they're super problematic in a theater because you have literally a 1,000 people walking in one door, and then you get off stage and then a 1,000 people walking out. I've never really dealt with numbers like that for a meet-and-greet. I don't know how I'm going to do it. So hit me up at BertBertBert.com. Bert Bert at BertBertBert.com. If you have an idea or you've seen an artist do it that was like, cool, um, I meant to talk to Joe Coy about that. I did Joe Coy's podcast. That's out this Thursday, and I'm telling you right now, that is one of the funniest fucking podcasts I've done in a long time. That's awesome. Joe Coy is killing it right now. Killing it. I love this business and how this business has morphed into celebrating other people killing it. Right. It's so much fun. Like you see Dalia. dalia has got a huge special that comes out New Year's Eve. It's him, Neil Brennan, uh, Nick Swartzen, and someone else. I, I, forget I think the, it's New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Yeah. New Year's Day.
1: January 1st.
0: And so it's. I love the way this business has gotten. Joey Diaz has got a sitcom at Fox. Uh, he Tom, does? Yeah. Shut up. How, what's, it's called, what's it about? It's called Uncle Joey. Shut up. Joey Diaz. Uh, is Joey Diaz trying to raise his daughter in like an uptight Is Joey Diaz living in right, 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 living where, where we, we live, live. Yeah. oh
1: my god it's <laughs> Uncle Joey oh my god it's Uncle Joey it's gonna be fucking awesome it is awesome
0: Um, so <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but it's it's just a great time for stand up all the New York guys are fucking murdering it don't think that I'm not a little nervous when the fucking tides move and shift and guys like Mark Norman Joe List fucking all the New York comics uh Dan Soder, fucking Big J, like, because right now I think L. A. is having a boom, and I'm telling you, in like two years, New York's gonna be killing it. Yeah, yeah. And there'll be a lot of guys moving out to New York to start because right now they're they're like in their they're in their sophomore year. I feel like I feel like we're in our junior year, junior senior. Yeah, they're in their sophomore year.
1: Mm-hmm. You mean of developing, developing Rell, talent? You mean developing Mike new Vecchione? talent?
0: Mike Vecchione. Mike, how funny was Mike Vecchione's fucking album?
1: Oh, it was really funny. Yeah. It was really funny.
0: So, uh, I'm just, I don't know. I'm trying to be positive and and be happy. I am very fucking happy. Very happy.
1: Yeah, it's easy to be happy when you're Burt Kreischer. It is. Yeah, it's easy to be happy when you're Burt Kreischer. Is that... For sure. No, I'm saying you have the fucking life. You have a great life. Oh, I thought you were saying... You don't ever take off the garbage. That's exactly what I thought you were saying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what
0: I thought you were saying. Yeah. Today's podcast is brought to you by Twenty Three and Me. Twenty Three and Me is something our family did, uh, our whole family, my parents, everyone at, over Christmas. And it was funny shit. Yep. It it is. If you don't know what Twenty Three and Me, it helps you understand what your DNA can tell you about you, your family, and your family's story. It names. It's named for the twenty three pairs of chromosomes that make up your DNA, and it really is the perfect gift for everyone you love. There's never been a more fun way to explore your genetic history, to discover your genetic history with your parents, your siblings, your aunts, grandparents, everyone. You know, I was shocked to find out that my parents had didn't have the same DNA.
1: Why? Why? Your dad's German-Irish and your mom is Irish-Irish. I Irish. know, but me
0: and my sisters all do and my parents didn't. How odd is that?
1: yeah well your I'm mom and dad made your sister i'm trying to pull a leantic. you're failing you don't know how to leantic just like i don't know how to Bertrude.
0: this is super easy to do they send you a little box inside it's like a little tube you spit in the tube you close the tube it cracks a little water vial it mixes you mail it in and then you get it back
1: you just register it online
0: register it online yeah, it's super easy, easy and you learn things about your wellness about your muscle composition your sleep movements do your arms and legs twitch while you sleep with 23andme movement report you can now discover how your genetics may be influencing your sleep by the way, I just did this. I haven't gotten my. I, I, we did this a long time ago. Yeah. But I just did this again. Yeah. And I feel like this is new. Is it new?
1: I don't know if it was offered. I mean, they still have our genetics from the first test. No, but I just so. spent
0: spinning a new one. Yeah, I know. And I'm getting that back. Yeah. I can't I wait know. to learn about my sleep. I know. I don't have an aversion to cilantro. And you know. You
1: know what they're gonna say? they are gonna go Mickey Mantle. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow! You're murdering today. I
1: am killing it.
0: They'll tell you uh, traits, exploring your genetic appearances, sense. Uh, cilantro taste aversion, the ability to match musical pitch, misophonia, mosquito bite frequency. We have a little girl in our house that gets Whew. lit up by lit mosquito bites. up, man. Here's what you do. Now through December 25th, get 30% off any 23andMe kit. Order your DNA kit at 23andMe.com slash Burtcast. That's the number 23 and a n d me dot com slash again. That's twenty three and slash Thirty percent off. I'm telling you, it's a great thing to do for Christmas. You totally. should really. I. I I'm. It, it's fun. We love it. And it's it. a brand. By the way, you gotta fill up your 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 stockings with gifts. No brainer. Yeah. Bang totally. one out. Everyone gets one in their stocking. Yeah. It's a fun thing. I'm getting an Oculus for our family.
1: I don't know what that is.
0: <laughs> Wait, do you fucking see? This podcast is also brought to you by
1: <laughs> ZipRecruiter. Please take it. that
0: part out, okay? I know
1: what happened. I know I what misread happened. it. I
0: misread it. <laughs> Hiring can be pretty time consuming. You post a job to several online job boards only to get tons of the wrong resumes. Then you have to sort through all these resumes just to find a few people with the right skills and experiences. Those jobs, those job sites can be overwhelming with the wrong resumes. They're not smart. That's why you should do the smart thing and go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Burkast. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skill, education, and experience, and actively invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a 1,000 reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. If you love this show, please support my sponsors and support ZipRecruiter. Support it and go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. That is ZipRecruiter.com Z- slash Bertcast. My mouth's not awake. I'm still sleepy. Mm-hmm. It's 8 in the morning. I got 15 minutes till I got to get in the car.
1: Well, bust a move, mister. Come on.
0: com Slash. The smartest way to hire. Oh, yeah. This podcast is also brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha. 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 Steak. Did you get that? No. I'm, a spa- I, I'm thinking about shooting my special in Omaha.
1: I know. I love Omaha. I know you do.
0: Did you know that Omaha looks a lot like Lithuania?
1: No, I did not.
0: I, I, I think that's right.
1: That's I got the pretty history. random information. I
0: got the history. Yeah. It looks a lot like La- La- Latviana. Latvia? Latvia? Latvian. Yeah, Latvia. 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 <laughs> Latvia? It looks a lot like Latvia.
1: Which is the same as Lithuania. <laughs>
0: I love the history on Omaha Steaks. started... The, this is... Anyway, today's podcast we stammering. is... stammering. I'm, I'm stammering because I'm looking at the Omaha Steaks info they give you about the, I know, the but people
1: are listening while you stammer so read
0: we love Omaha Steaks we've been big supporters of Omaha Steaks ever since I think I was in college my grandmother started sending me Omaha Steaks yeah. and it was so nice to go in have a pre-packaged fresh steak that you don't have to worry about eating right away because it's frozen in a package and by the way they defrost super quick
1: that and you know the new instapot craze that's happening omaha steak is made ex- perfectly for an instapot because you can cook meat from frozen in an instapot so there's no pre-planning you just go to the freezer and pull out a steak and instapot it and you got dinner
0: yeah and they're trusted butchers. They've been America's butcher since 1917. I'm telling you right now, our fridge is filled with it. We just sent a Christmas basket or a holiday basket to my wife's dad, to my dad. My dad got buffalo. They they have buffalo. Yeah. Their buffalo steaks are fucking beyond good. They I'm are. telling you, the buffalo fillets are some of the best. The girls we cooked regular fillets and buffalo fillets, and the girls were like, "What are these? They're fucking fantastic!" Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving an amazing limited time offer to my listeners when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code Bertcast into the search bar so what you go is you do is you go to omahasteaks.com then go up to the search bar type in Bertcast, and then hit enter and then that'll take you to the offers and it's a great offer you get 74 percent off the omaha steaks family gift package originally 195 dollars, now only 49.99 this is what they offer for hand cut aged to tenderness top sirloin steaks Two premium pork chops, four chicken fried steaks, four Omaha steak burgers, four snappy kielbasa sausages, and they are snappy. They are so fucking good. All beef meatballs, potatoes au gratin, four potatoes au gratin, the four caramel apple tartlets. Let me tell you something. Those are maybe the best things I've ever had. You put a scoop of vanilla ice cream in the center. Yeah. Plus four more burgers for free right now. All you got to do is go to omahasteaks.com, type in Bertcast in the search bar, and add that family gift package to your cart. Do not wait. This offer ends soon. It is $49.99, originally $195. And by the way, that's how you support our podcast.
1: Totally. That's buy exactly it for, how. Buy
0: it for a family member for Christmas. It makes a great Christmas gift. Send it to them and just be like, from me and Burt. <laughs> I hope you enjoy eating healthy this year. God, listen to this. World-class steaks, beef roast, premium poultry, easy to cook, side dishes, vegetables, and desserts. They even give you the option to customize your cuts. Convenience. Your order is flash frozen and ready to cook. Age for 21 days to unlock full flavor, tenderness of the steak. Hand-trimmed, flash frozen, and vacuum sealed online sport with recipes, wine pairings, and so much more. Again, get this limited time offer. For only forty nine ninety nine, when you go to OmahaSteaks.com, type in Birdcast in the search bar and add the family gift package. Don't wait; this offer ends soon. Go to OmahaSteaks.com, type Birdcast in the search bar, and send it. Omaha, 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 Omaha. It's about it's about dancing with these reeds. It's about you, making uh, these reeds interesting.
1: You're kind of creepy now. Just read it. It's kind of hey. creepy.
0: Are you trying to stick to a weight loss plan like me? Because this podcast is also brought to you by Noom. Noom is absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best. Um, it's not like a diet tracker. It's more like a way to change your lifestyle. Right. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it, it literally is. One of the things I love about this is I skip my morning meal and Noom offers a button where it goes, did you skip a meal? <laughs> it's almost like they knew how I thought. Uh Nutritionists, gym memberships—they can be very expensive. If you want to lose weight, the number one way to lose weight is diet. Screw working out. When I was thirty-nine years old, I t- I, right before my birthday, I lost forty pounds, and I barely worked out. And all I did was change my diet. I changed my diet very in a very strict way. Right. So if you want to lose weight, it's diet. And if you want to, if you want meaning not diet as in losing weight it's is in diet as in what you put into your body right so if you want to track what you put in your body this is the fucking way to do it this is not a weight loss fast plan plan this is a weight loss for good plan this teaches you how to eat differently it recognizes and changes the habit that are blocking all your success noom doesn't say you can't have certain foods it just teaches you moderation and when you go overboard you don't have to worry about like Feeling bad about yourself? It just gives you tips to get back on board for on track to tomorrow. It's all the weight loss in the palm of your hand. Listen, we're busy as shit. All they're asking you to do is put ten minutes of your day into what you put in your body. Type it into Noom, and it will change your life. You don't have to be a Kim Kardashian to, to have like some glam squad, right? To lose weight, <clears throat> your goal specialist, live goal special. I don't. Oh, Live Gold Specialist. I'm such a bad fucking reader. It takes the agony out of food tracking. Here's what you do. I'm doing it right now. I have Noom in my pocket. It's It really holds you accountable because last night when you guys were at Target, Target and I was yeah. feeling healthy, but I came back from Facebook Live yeah. and I was like, all right, all right. I literally saw that cheese pizza in there yeah, and I was like, okay, okay. Put it in the fr- thing, typed it and then I was like, God, I got to put it in my Noom. And then Noom's like, okay. It's almost like, we can handle this. It's, it's not that bad. Just don't go for the don't go for the Samoas. Don't go like, for the
1: second piece. Don't go for the second piece.
0: Anyway, here's what you do. Want to lose today? What do you have to lose today?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sign up today and start your trial at noom.com slash burtcast. Start your trial today at com slash burtcast and start losing weight for good. That's noom.com slash burtcast to start your trial and start seeing life-changing results today. Let's get skinny before the New Year's. Right, guys? Right. What is this? Oh, nice. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Tipsy Elves. You need to get on this right now. You need an ugly sweater this Christmas season. We are having an ugly sweater Christmas party. Hey, want to have a party this? Want to celebrate the 12 nights of Christmas the way we are? Yeah, totally. Want to roll into work with the fun sweater for the day? Yeah. It's comfortable as shit, by the way. These sweaters are not those itchy grandma sweaters. They are almost like sweatshirts.
1: They're really nice. They're
0: high-end, high-end, high-end knitted they're knitted they're knitted sweaters, yep but and, they're comfortable as
1: shit and they're they they're funny they're like adult funny yeah not an appropriate not necessarily inappropriate adult funny but definitely like there's one of santa claus uh, peeing in the snow riding merry christmas that's pretty funny
0: we we got we got our christmas sweaters and we took a picture up in santa Inez with the whole family and our ugly christmas sweaters i love that christmas sweaters is a thing oh wait. hey wait when do we get the pictures i
1: just got them are you serious yeah i just got them Yep.
0: Oh, we'll be posting that. We'll You'll be, be posting seeing it some on my tipsy Instagram. Elves today. We, we got our tipsy elves. Of course I'm shirtless, but that's the way I rock it. Um they're really great. And after picking one up one of your five ugly sweaters that you want to get, that we got five, I think. Check out some of their other, other crazy attire. For men, they've got the stylish Christmas suit for the classiest holiday gentleman. Dude, tell me that's not me. Buy a Christmas suit and wear it to the party? Yeah, totally. Dude, it's the holiday season. This is what it's about. It's yeah. catching a little buzz, going yep. into a party, and, and having fun. Celebrating the holidays. Celebrate them. And there's Don't... Christmas
1: dresses, too.
0: Yeah, they've got stuff for women, holiday dresses, so you can get down with your bad elf. Get it, Leanne? I yes. Eye-catching leggings. Isla would be into those. So you can catch a, fest- a festive yoga pose or lounge around with a cup of spiked eggnog and teas that slay and cute. Comfy onesies. What? tees that slay and cute? I should read these before. <laughs> anyway, um, they've got crazy ski suits. If you're going to shred some gnar this holiday season. What is gnar? It's me and Ari. We're young. We like to talk like What's that. What's gnar? It's me. Come on, babe. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it.
1: Is that like a narwhal? You're too
0: old. You're too old. You is don't it, say dope. Is it short for narwhal? No, it's not for a narwhal.
1: <laughs> it might
0: Seriously, be. Run and go get yours right now. Uh... You won't find more hilarious, awesome designs anywhere else on the Internet. Trust me, I looked, and then we got this sponsor. I was like, oh, it's all right here. So be sure to order from Tipsy Elves in time for the ugly ugly sweater Christmas party. Do it right now. Order for you and your wife right now. Get yourself and your wife right now. Get your kids, do a family photo, post it online, tag Tipsy Elves, tag me. And right now, my listeners can get 20% off tipsyelves.com when you use the promo code BERTCAST at checkout. That's 20% off anything on their site. The Christmas suit, the sweaters, even the tees and the onesies, the dresses, the leggings. 20% off anything you order on the site when you use BERTCAST at checkout. That's Elves dot com tipsyelves.com. Tipsy com tipsy go to tipsy elves and enter my code birdcast at checkout and get 20 percent off site-wide discounts ladies and gentlemen that's got to be the fastest we've ever done reads
1: right no fuck no i like, can't you help had it a lot though
0: i get into it um you're gonna absolutely love this podcast. Do me a favor, listen to it. If if it sounds like someone's talking shit, or if anyone's talking shit, just enjoy it. Listen to it. Don't be a snitch. Uh, there, we were drinking and we talked out of our asses. Uh, and and I don't remember everything we said. We said, and I I remember we left and we we're like, should we take anything out of that? And we didn't because that is the art form we put up is unfiltered conversation between two guys. It was a great podcast. Um, so I hope you enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, today's Bertcast, Anthony Cumia.
2: This is perfect.
0: Uh We okay. need a bottle opener. Yeah, oh, it's right, here. It's
3: right, here. It's right here. Right. It's perfect timing. I'm like just coming off the margaritas.
0: So can I can I tell you right now that was the day I met you guys for the first time? Get out of here. So I did I did <laughs> so I have to preface this with a little bit of a soliloquy first. I was the biggest Opie and Anthony fan. That's I would scary. never call myself a pest. I was not a pest. Right. Not. Good. And by the way, I want to <laughs> someone remind me. I want to talk about the I want to talk about how how the pests backfired at one point. They mutated. How they it, the, the <laughs> following. The, they could write a book on the the evolution of the pests. Yeah yeah, it's um, definitely a, an interesting story. But I got turned on to you guys by Jay Moore. Jay Moore and I were driving back from uh, San Francisco. He's like, you never listen to Opie and Anthony. I was like, I don't know, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Yeah, what is that? But Ron Bennington had just come on after you, and I was like, dude, you never listen to Ronnie B. And he was like, huh, who? Oh, and we geez. turned on Ronnie B. And Ronnie B. Said, Bez. If uh if, how many thirteen year olds do you think you could kill in a row? Hilarious. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Ronnie. Like it was the and, and Jay immediately loved them, and then he turned me on to you guys. <laughs> and and I have to say, I have to say this. I I feel very safe saying everything to you guys now, but like you guys were such an acquired taste. Oh, absolutely. That you I you I remember you guys eating on mic? <laughs> yeah, that was OP. And I'd be like, I'd be like, Idiot. what the fuck? I'm like, they're eating. Like, they you don't know, do that, dude. And it And by the way, this is. And this is all in perspective for anyone. You can find all these on on YouTube. I still listen to them on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was the, they were. You had to fill four hours of straight radio, no commercials, four hours, and Crazy. this defined the art form we all do now.
3: Yeah, it was very podcasty back then, and uh, yeah, we would eat on the air. We would just hang out dead air sometimes which is like a taboo uh and you can see Jim people would come back nervous. from taking a shit yeah, yeah. Like, he wasn't even there yeah. yeah wow it really
0: was kind of just very unprofessional Dude, but but it was unprofessional can i tell you <laughs> of my favorite parts of that show is when stuff was happening off mic yeah yeah and there was no mic and you're like wait what the fuck there's no yeah, mic I over can't there even
3: ba- i could barely hear what's going on you're Bernie trying gets. to listen past what is supposed to be the show to what you want to hear in the background? I I get you. Bernie yeah.
0: Gets. Bernie Gets Bernie came in, Getz. and you guys told him you broke you broke his tapes. Yeah, Bernie
3: Gets was the subway vigilante back in the eighties. Uh, a couple of black dudes were trying to rob him, and he pulled out a gun yeah. and shot all of them. Uh, killed a couple, paralyzed a couple of them, and. Uh, And then kind of was on the lam for a while. And it was a huge story in New York. Who is the subway vigilante? And they find him. He's this nerdy guy. (laughs) And uh, so he went to prison for a year, I think, just for the weapons charge. He was acquitted on anything else. And uh, after he got out, he was this weird New York personality. So we finally have him on, on our show. We think it'll be interesting. Apparently, he raises squirrels. He saved squirrels around town that had broken legs and, and what have you. Uh, so we invited him on. He was running for mayor at the time, one of those goof tickets, you know. So he comes in and uh, he had a CD with uh, songs on it or something. Yeah.
0: And Opie was just notorious for doing By the way, this kind of stuff. the maybe the most acquired taste out of the whole group yeah, is yeah. Opie because there was a part of Opie's personality that was so cringy. Yes. Interviewing authors and ripping the pages as he as he... And you would just go yeah. like, you'd be like, oh, what are you doing? What are oh. you but it But was, in your car, you're <laughs> fucking
3: grabbing your steering wheel going, what the fuck? It was so cringy. It was. Yeah. Who were we just talking to about that the other day about this? Steve the Whistler or uh, it was Jay Moore, right? Yeah. I was talking to Jay Moore about that and he said the same thing. He goes, it was so hard to listen to some of that because it was just embarrassing like for the guest, you know, for the person that was there. Yeah, he would do that. He would throw things. If they would give him a gift, he would break it right in front of right their in face, front of them. And it was so cringy. I would try to be good cop, and he was like bad cop. Oh, but you guys was,
0: were all fucking bad. <laughs> it cops. was all bad. there was. There was you guys <laughs> laughing at. But anyway, go back to Bernie Getz. I yeah, yeah. Listening to this
3: episode. So, so Bernie Getz had a, a disc, and he wanted us to play it. And uh, Opie, without Bernie seeing, switched the disc. So he has it in his hand and he goes, oh, yeah, we'll play this. Wham! And slams it on the edge of the console and it just shatters into a thousand pieces. And Bernie goes, you motherfucker! And, and starts getting up and we're all losing our minds. Bill Burr was there that day. Yeah. And Bill's going, calm down, Bernie! Calm down, Bernie! Calm down. Oh, my God, he's going for the bag! He's going for his bag! What's it? He's going for his bag! He's going and, for his bag! And Bernie was legitimately pissed. This is the guy that shot four people. in in, in the subway so uh finally we were able to talk him down and and uh show him that it was a different cd but he was still pissed he was pissed the whole time and that was one of those instances where you're like oh my god he's gonna do this Oh, he's gonna do it you could see him smile and switch the disc and go watch this like he just was that was something he was great at was not giving a shit if somebody in studio was going to be thrown under the bus or uh, embarrassed or feel bad dude uh, yeah I would sit was, there and just put my head down and go oh my god I can't believe you this. guys would do four hours
0: on no commercials literally no commercials. yeah we had a few couple of reads but couple for the reads, most part it was nothing and it, and yeah, it, it no is breaks. it is what what all the people listening to this and listening to Rogan and listening to Joey Diaz and your mom's house all those podcasts Marin it is these that long form I remember when you guys went to not KCRW but QRPP or whatever the radio station. Oh, uh, K Rock. K Rock, and, yeah, and you in New York. And, and you'd stream that, and it I it was so bad. It was I hated so, it so much. It was terrible to do. They had us. Uh, it was you guys were still fun, but every, no one was cursing. Patrice wasn't allowed in. They were like, and and like, and like, you could, you could tell you guys were like, you guys were like doing, you were getting, you're getting paid. You're doing the job. Everyone was there. But the second you did the walkover, I was like, here we go. Here it goes. Here we we go. Here it goes. We
3: had the muzzle on. They, they, uh, K-Rock of course had Howard Stern in the morning for the longest time. Then he went over, uh, to Sirius and they needed someone to fill that morning slot in New York radio that Howard had owned forever. So they, in their
0: infinite wisdom, they bring in David Lee Roth. So, <laughs> by the way, I was on that show. You were? Oh yeah, because I had met David Lee Roth one time. And That's I all great, it took. Right? I had a great David Lee Roth story. It was on my first night in New York. My first night in New York, we end up. I think we're doing blow at this gay bar, and we end up getting <laughs> to this. Right. We get up to this bar called Mary Lou's on like Thirteenth Street. And, uh, and this guy hits me up and he's like, dude, I just read about you in a, in a Rolling Stone. And I went, yeah, cause I was, I was famous at that point. I'd been written up in Rolling Stone. I was legit famous in my head <laughs> cause I just left Tallahassee. Everyone knew who I was. Of course, everyone's going to know who I am in New York. And he's like, I got to buy you a drink. And I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm good, man. And he goes, no, no, come on. What are you drinking? And I go, Makers on the ro- on on the Rocks. He's like, Makers on the Rocks for my man. And then he goes, Harvey, this guy is famous. And this guy goes, <laughs> and then the girl I'm talking to goes, holy shit. I can't believe David Lee Roth knows who you are. And I'm like, what? <gasps> and he was yelling at Harvey Keitel. Oh, and shit. Harvey Keitel's at the end of the bar. I'm like, motherfucker and and then i That's and then of huge. course i called. there was a pay phone by the door and i called my girlfriend in tallahassee and asked david lee roth to talk to her and oh, uh, no and then, you were that guy oh dude i've been that guy my whole fucking that life it's hilarious i am so that guy dude in every fucking would sense. you get on the phone and call him
3: you should get cancer i hope you get cancer <laughs>
0: <laughs> king of comedy dude i would uh I, I remember those those walkovers were. Fucking, oh yeah, they were yeah. beautiful.
3: They made it. They made us. Uh, they put the reins on us. The the muzzle, whatever it is, for K Rock. Uh, David Lee Roth worked for th- not even a year, and they were like, than, we we got to get yeah. rid of this guy." So they're like, "Who can we get for mornings that'll g- give the station some uh, pep?" And uh, it was Opie and Anthony, but we had already signed with uh, XM, and we were doing our show from six to. To ten or whatever it was uh, over at uh, XM, which was very close to the K Rock studio, so we were like, ah, "It's a lot of money they're throwing at us. Why not? Let's take it." uh And we thought we could do the same show. And you were right; it was such a
0: muzzled version of the show. It, it, it just made wasn't... as a as a fan, it was like it was like it was like watching your favorite pitcher pitch with his left arm yeah yeah and you're yeah. like you're like god damn it none of the fucking chaos is there right it was very structured
3: we had a program director that was yeah. constantly suggesting and meetings it was real regular radio again and uh that it was just a problem at that time uh as it is now but then we would have the walkover we we had to broadcast we couldn't just stop doing the show so we broadcast our walk from k-rock to uh XM which was probably a block and a half down 57th street and you never knew it was going to happen i mean jimmy oh. would go and buy uh gay interracial porno mags at the magazine thing and then question the guy selling it about his sexuality and uh <laughs> patrice walking over sometimes would pick up girls on the sidewalk oh. it was just a, a cool little moment of all of us being on the streets of new york city and that was pandemonium and we could you know at that point we were on xm so we could curse we could do whatever we want and, and you right. and you'd be on xm for like what an hour two hours yeah yeah it was it was on xm the entire time even during the k rock time yeah. uh but it was all like you said all uh, uh kind of
0: muzzled and then once we got over to xm it was balls out whatever we wanted and that to was like that was like watching your favorite hitter take the donut off his bat off and swing the bat and it's because it was yeah. like all the shit you wanted to say there yeah. yep. that we had heard was coming there and i remember remember hearing and so at yeah. that time and not and not to make this interview about my experience with you but i have to no, i horrible huh? i'm horrible at interviewing but like uh i remember at that time i had had two kids i was lost i was like i, I was making 700 bucks a, ro- a week on the road i was like i was uh, i was featuring um and i was playing tennis at a country club every morning and i would wake <laughs> up i would set my alarm and i get there early so that i could hear the walkover and the, and the next hour and I'd right. sit outside and the line of the day was oh yeah, yeah. would murder me <laughs> yeah. it would mur- you have no idea like there was and like, and I, and there's, I know that there are people listening to this, that when I do meet and greets, they say the same thing I'm saying to you right now. <laughs> you have no idea how much joy you brought to my life for free. I mean, for free, but it's serious. XM, but like I drive every, every time I did the road, I'd go, Oh, I'm definitely driving home Sunday night. I'll, I'll time it for the fucking That's replay. Amazing. Dude, I, I'm fucking, <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I heard, I mean, I fell in love with Sam Roberts through that, <laughs> yeah, through that. Yeah. yeah. As I, I remember being like, hit him up going, dude, you're fucking great. He's Sam Roberts. It's Sam. Yeah, the fucking intern. <laughs> it was such an amazing intern made good. And I, and and I want to get back to that, but what but then this can't, and so so I had yeah, hit you show. guys up a bunch to get on the show. I would called Bobby Kelly. I I had talked Patrie. I said said something to everyone and it never never worked out. Never worked out. Didn't know who I was. No, no, no. And by the oh, way, by shit. the way, completely understand. I I completely understood. I definitely wanted to be on the show. And so then I did Letterman and the, the uh, Stangle brothers reached over to you guys and yep. was like, you should have bird on. And I came in, and this is like, this is my, maybe my biggest regret. I came in, and I sit down, and I'm like, I know this show. <laughs> it's like making love to a woman who you've seen in porns, you know how she likes it. <laughs> no. I know what I'm doing right now. Oh, no. I was so fucking ready. Oh, and Opie goes, uh... And by the way, I'm not shitting on Opie. I'm not shitting on Opie. No, no. But like Opie goes, so, uh, and and by the way, this is, at the, this is when it's, the show is starting to disintegrate. I don't know that. I'm a fan and it's not happening on air. Right. When you're in the room, you're like, how come no one's making eye contact? <laughs> yeah. And it had started to dissolve. Everyone's yeah. on their phones and Opie is looking at his screen and he goes, uh, so uh, Bert, everyone's telling us you got to hear this machine story. And in my head, I went, I'd heard Bert Bigley on your show. Try to do a bit. And I, and I was like, in my head, I go, that's a really bad idea. I go, do not, I go, Bert, do not do the machine story. I go, yeah, it's a, it's a story I told Ron Rogan's podcast. He's like, so let's hear it. And oh, I go, no. I go, I don't know, maybe I'll tell it in a little bit, because like, I knew in my head, you, Bert, you do not walk in this room and start running bits No, you just gotta hang out. You gotta fucking hang. Talk about whatever. If you, if you don't say anything for the first five minutes, fine. Bring in a zinger when you talk, <laughs> yeah. but don't fucking dare start a bit and opie goes uh no i want to hear it and everyone's everyone's hit me up he's got to tell you the machine story oh no and i go uh well you know when i was 22 years old i got involved with the russian mafia and he was like and and everyone in the room is like you know listening to hear if their names called but you guys are on your phone and i told the machine story to silence for 13 minutes (laughs) for 13 minutes 13 minutes I'm probably 11 I ran through it so fucking fast oh, shit. and I and I the whole time I'm like this is not how you do this show it's terrible it's the fucking and I and I got done telling the machine story and then I'm like all right you're out of there I know this show and fucking uh Fonz walked by and you guys all went, oh, shit. Henry Winkler Henry is in the building. I go, I know Henry Linker. Let me go grab him. And they're like, what? what? And I ran out of the room. I go, Henry. And he go, we had just done Letterman the night before. Oh, and he geez. goes, hey. I go, come on in. And you guys were like, Bert knows Henry Linker. Bert knows Henry Linker. is. I'm like, I'm back in, baby. There I'm back is. in. <laughs> I'm back in. Oh, dude. It was. But I remember. I remember. Holy shit. Oh, dude. I. It was like. It was like. A, like legit. And what I'm saying is, a legit fan, highlight of my career. And then, wow. Se- second only to, because that, in that show, everyone was a little disconnected. I think I did it maybe one more th- No, I did not do it one more time. Like, I did not do it one more time because someone didn't want me on the show. And so I never did it again. And so, yeah, no, I know. I'm not getting into that. And then, um,. And then uh, no, no, it's a long story. It's okay. not. It's no one's fault. I'm cool with everybody. And, <laughs> I'm gonna, but, You know, off air, I'm gonna need to know who, what this is. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. I think someone called Opie and asked them asked him not to let me on the show. I think that's what oh, happened. I think no. I talked. To, I talked to Opie about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know that Aww. because E-Rock got drunk at Montreal and told me. <laughs> uh <laughs> that's iraq right. got drunk and he was like I was, oh I was supposed to do you guys in well, montreal supposed to do this well i hope it wasn't somebody on the show was no, it? it wasn't someone on the show it was a friend of the show who just we were having beef at the wj Moore. Oh. i'll just tell you it was oh, fucking Jay. Oh, okay. i love jay i'm i have no beef oh, with jay whatsoever wow. but i think jay and i were having beef and at the time and he was like he was trying to we were all trying to you know it's fucking silly now i look back at it totally yeah um i have no problem with jay whatsoever uh and but at the time and I and I ended up t- calling Opie on it on his last day he was on SiriusXM oh wow he was like why didn't you just stop in and I go because that one time you wouldn't let me on the show and he was oh. like "Huh?" Oh, shit I go, remember that guy called and, and you didn't let me on the show and Opie's was like what what the fuck <laughs> oh god but I didn't go back on the show and then I did your show it was like the very beginnings of, yep. your, of when you're doing your podcast yep and uh, and I, you didn't have a co-host and it was me you and Voss and you know Voss is doing Voss and I was like kind of like <laughs> I was kind of like trying to fucking... Because I listened to you so much. I was All I wanted to do was just fuck around with you. Right. Like just the yeah, way. Yeah. And then I did your show like a month ago. And like, dude, probably the funnest time I've ever had in fucking, my life. Just a pisser, man. So much goddamn fun. Three bits. Yeah. I have three bits out of that. Yeah. Three bits. <laughs> three right. fucking bits. I left that room with three fucking wow. bits. Wow. It was so much fucking fun. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah. And so oh, that's, that's my story. fucking awesome, man. I'm glad
3: like like we we finally the hardest thing was that first I guess year of doing it by myself and trying to figure out haven't been with Opie for 20 fucking years and Jimmy uh, there and you know Roberts and uh, Travis all the guys over there I love those guys they're all fucking amazing and and doing a show with them uh, and then you're alone it's it's a totally different animal i didn't even know there there was one instance which was a prime example of the difference between what i was doing and what i'm doing i'm like we were talking about reverend al and i'm like i got a a reverend al song parody from years ago and said oh why don't we play that so we're playing it and i realize i'm sitting in front of a camera with the song parody playing just going (laughs) and, and i go okay i go okay stop this i go Sawpire's don't really work on this show anymore <laughs> like because you're just sitting there looking like an idiot as the song plays. Yeah. It's not radio anymore. It's kind of TV, kind of radio, kind of a mixture of it. I like the idea that we're able to fly in clips from YouTube and live stream it. Because for a while we were doing the OA show and as videos became more prevalent to everybody, uh, we started playing them on the show and you realize people can't see it. And to try yeah. to describe things... Uh, like, you know, two girls, one cup, and what have you. It's a little tough to to describe. Uh, so after a while, it was, took like a year for me to really figure out what I was even doing. Uh, so the first year was a little rough uh, when we finally got the new studio in the city and I was out of my house, and then uh, really getting used to what I was doing and feeling comfortable uh, doing it. The show's got a lot better. And now with uh, Dave Landau. Dude, Dave on. Landau
0: is... Is the greatest compliment to you. He isn't he a a great co-host, fun guy, yeah. And 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 he's smart. And that's another thing that you like. You you need you need to be around smart people because you're smart. And so like it's always great. Like when you and Patrice were together, it was such a great compliment of wit because you guys would. And it was like one of the things that I was like when I when I met was with you and Dave is that you guys were so quick back and forth (laughs) that you were. It literally felt like someone was doing double dutch. And then you were just like i got it i'm in i'm in and you know but he's great with you, you he, guys are he awesome. works so well and
3: someone like patrice because uh, i've talked about it before how uh people now because of everything going on in the world today with social media and political correctness and hashtags and like they're like oh patrice well i can't believe you anthony patrice would be yelling at you or patrice would say this i'm like do you are you even trying to say you would know what patrice would say in a certain situation his whole genius was that you never knew what the fuck that guy was gonna say yeah i'd be in discussions with him about anything race or entertainment whatever the fuck it is relationships and and i was always trying to get him and he's always trying to get me so I'd be looking two moves ahead and go like, oh, I so got him with this. When he's done with this little sentence, I'm, I can nail him with something else. And he fucking makes a turn. And now I'm just stuck and have no answer to it. And I'm like, damn, son of a bitch. He won again. So yeah. it was anyone that professes to know what Patrice would think about what's going on in 2018 doesn't really
0: know Patrice. Yeah. You, the, the guy was amazing. There's a video that I listened to the other day. Probably I listen to, I listen to old Opie and Anthony clips all the time. It's one of my favorite things to do. I listen I, and, and I'll be very honest. I listen to Rogan clips daily. I see him on Instagram. I'll yeah, watch his yeah. interviews. I'll see his thoughts about things. I love, I love Joe as a friend, Yeah, but man. I love his show. He's and I'm amazing. And, but I listened to a video of you and um, Patrice and Patrice was like, man, I I just don't like Asian people. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, something wrong with them. And you hear that in today's ears, like today's ears. Right. And you're just like, what the fuck? And then everyone's laughing because it was said back then, but it's still a fucked up thing to say. Right. Yeah, and then, is. and then Patrice is like, yeah, I just, I just think, you know, they're just bad people. <laughs> and all of you guys are. And, but so Patrice always took a, when did you know you had chemistry with Patrice? Um, at first, when he first started coming on the show, and I think it was Voss
3: that kind of introduced him to us, Jimmy knew him. <laughs> Patrice and, is an acquired taste. But yeah, that's another thing. That, not as a comic, but as a person. As a person. Oh, taste. yeah. Because you. we would sit there. When he first was brought in, I was just plain intimidated. Yeah. I mean, it's a giant black dude comes yeah. in and just owns the room. You're sitting there kind of like, all right, what do I do? If there was a morning and you saw that Patrice was going to be a guest, you just knew it's time to wake up. You, you're not going to be able to just ease into your show with the yeah. first hour. It's like balls out now because he'd come in yeah. the screaming and yelling and you, you'd have to fight to get a word in. So at first it was intimidating. But I realized like this isn't just another loud guy. Like he's smart as fuck he's got a weird take on everything and it's not the normal take you think oh here he is big black dude he must think this 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 and this. yeah and he to just go off the board and entertainment things like he knew he goes i know white movies i know white movies and i'm like what do, you, what do you mean he goes white movies i watch white movies i know them all and we would talk about you know just hilarious movies like die hard and things like that and yeah he would break him down and
0: twister and face off and all these dumb movies ludicrous wanted to be called chris or whatever his name is (laughs) and he would oh and he just he'd whittle down a theory yeah almost like a almost like a conspiracy theory yep it it was he had the most genius mind so when when did you guys know like when was the time when you were like oh this guy because arguably patrice you and patrice had the best chemistry on that show yeah yeah Vaughn, his uh, ex uh,
3: girl there, she goes, she's told me numerous times, she goes, you are white Patrice. She's like, I I don't know anyone else that I could uh, talk to and get this Patrice vibe from. Uh, Yeah, and I think it was pretty quick after he came on that first time and we got the intimidation thing out of the way uh, because we just had the same kind of interest. We liked going just a a few layers deeper into stuff than people normally would and breaking down things on that level. When he came out with that bit about uh, like only four states in the United States and there were sections, the (laughs) Northwest sat and he called them, you know, uh, by different names. It was brilliant. And I've heard other people s- talk about that concept, but the way he put it was just so uh, brilliant. And uh, to sit there and have a conversation about it, especially uh, with him, especially about things like race, where you would just think, oh, it's a black dude and a white dude kind of duking it out about race. But again, we take it to other levels and and never be insulted or offended by what the other one was saying. And uh, to me, that was just, an amazing thing we would walk to the parking garage after the shows and just have really great conversations going down the sidewalk about what we talked about on the show or some brand new topic and then just like you know those those the sheepdog and the wolf that would punch out on the bugs bunny cartoons we'd punch out say take it easy and you know see you next time so uh one of the most unique
0: guys i've ever known and uh, one of the coolest relationships i had when you, when you, when you got in trouble and, and got kicked off XM, how many times did you think if Patrice was just here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's something yeah. that, that we Guys, talk- this is Keith, Keith on, the, yeah. on the mic. You can't see him on camera.
4: I apologize, but yeah. he's right here. It, it's something that we, we talked about. A few times and knowing the way he handled uh when he got interviewed about imus and everything oh
0: yeah yeah i think that that hilarious that was the most genius interview on fox news he
3: talked about the donkey punch and the pirate the angry pirate and all those sex things on fox news they were horrified and it was hilarious
0: but it's the best video because it's like i focus on funny you yep. focus on, uh, on on nappy head hoes. He's like, you don't know funny. You don't to know the feminist. He's like, yeah. you don't know what funny
3: is. I know funny. Yeah. She's like, well, that's not funny in anything. No, see, you don't know.
0: I know funny. And it was perfect. It was, Dude, again, and that patrice. cameraman just breaks up. <laughs> just starts cracking up. See, Angry Pirates, when you uh, come in their eye and then kick them in the shin, yeah. and you're, <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, there you go. Oh, I'm yeah. outraged. I'm outraged. I'm outraged. <laughs> His videos were the best you were yeah. saying, yeah. I think he would have
4: taken that opportunity, and Anthony would have taken that opportunity to do something together,
0: and yeah I think yeah that would have been oh, a hundred percent, and that the, would have gone the right talking, that would have broken the yeah, yeah,
3: because we would do those things, you know we had we had that bit where we tried to
0: hail a cab. I and was, I was that's, wearing that's when I Nazi guys, regalia. That's when I thought you guys connected. It was just amazing. Head. Yeah. yeah. So, so I apologize for interrupting. you. No, state.
3: all good. I was wearing Nazi regalia because it's hard for a black dude to get a cab in New York city. Yeah. Uh, and, and for years it was obvious because a black guy would be ha- hailing a cab. The cab would pass right by him and go to a white dude at the corner. So we wanted to see who would get a cab first. And we blatantly use the N word uh, versus <laughs> Nazi. Yeah. And that was the name of the bit. And, uh, I would stand there with a Nazi helmet on and I was hailing a cab by doing a, a Sieg Heil, uh, <laughs> for the cab. And Patrice was upstream of the cab. So he got first, uh, dibs uh, trying to hail him. Cab passed right by him, stops for me. And he's like, yeah. motherfucker, you pick up a Nazi motherfucker. <laughs> and it was so goddamn funny. And it went back and forth. The cab picked him up a couple of times. And, uh, and, and the score was finally I, I got more cabs than he did. And it yeah. was such a great, funny way to kind of, you know, do a little social commentary and have some fun with it and uh, and be outrageous because that was our job, too. Uh, and somebody like Patrice just knew exactly what to do with that bit.
0: It's it was such a um, it was so great when when all of a sudden like people would just show up. Mm. Like you'd be like, oh, Colin just walked in. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, when you guys were watching Tough Crowd when you were off the air, mm-hmm. were you kind of like, that's our fucking show? Uh,
3: n- no, I, I thought uh, it was great, and I would have loved to have been part of it. But we yeah. were persona non grata, not allowed on the air. And yeah, things like that. But uh, I watched it and. It was like a concentrated version of one part of our show. You got a bunch of comics. They're busting each other's balls and talking about the news. Um, So that was, you know, that was cool. But I never thought it was blatantly our show. Um, Like I said, I just wanted to be part of it. And it was a good kind of holdover. We always goofed on Jimmy about how he just jumped onto Colin's coattails after ours were pulled out from under him like a cockroach, he's always, he'll always live. <laughs> so, uh, no, I thought it was brilliant. But yeah, when comics would just show up, it was one oh. of those great moments, especially someone like Colin uh, or a tell or someone would just show up and you're like, Dude. this is gold right here. Now we're going to be, a, or, and, and it was funny because Voss would be on and, and people just ragging Voss. And then Colin busts in the door. Ah, stupid. What are you <laughs> doing? Shut up. Just knock it off. And, and you're laughing your ass out because you know these two are just going to break each other's balls for the next hour or so. So it was a great part of the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, and something that you didn't see a lot. Like, we gave a lot of latitude to, to our, especially our comedian guests, to just come in and fucking be themselves.
0: Dice. Yeah. Oh, Dude, my God. Dude, do you God. remember when Dice came in with Judd Apatow? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that- and Judd Apatow and. Dice asked him to move. <laughs> he didn't even, I like, I, did now. I don't remember that. J, Judd Apatow's in studio and he's on the center mic or the, the, the you know, guest mic. Right. And Dice comes in. I think Judd Apatow's movie just went huge. And Dice goes, Hey, over there. Over there now. I'm, I'm, this is my mic. You're over there. Hey. Oh and you guys God. are like, my, Dice, this is Judd. And he's like, Yeah, hey, he's on, he's on that mic. Hey, it's the Dice. And Judd was such a fan of Dice. Right, he was right. like he was just laughing hysterically. I could never tell if Dice was was it was doing a joke, in on the joke, or not joking at all. That was a, that's a, a good way to put it because uh we never
3: knew. I, I still don't know when I see Dice if it's a joke or I think he's more Andrew Clay now yeah. than than he was Dice. Uh and, and he's hilarious now. He actually figured it out like like to try to be the cool dice of the 80s now isn't the way to go people look and go look you're older you're a dad you yeah. know you're there so he is doing older dice and it's hilarious he talks about family and you know his aches and pains and shit and it's like all right he's not trying to be the cool guy he's yeah. trying to be the former cool guy that's now old and falling apart and it works for him it's hilarious but back then you didn't know you're like he would sit down and be like, so this is what you're doing. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? You talk. And you're like, is he just, he's just busting our chops? Or does he really not know what to do?
0: Is he mocking us? Like, we didn't know. Like the J. Moore and Dice beef that happened. Yeah, All, yeah. I thought it was a joke. I, I did too. Until I, the, I still don't until know. the
3: police were called. So that was real? Threats.
4: Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, yeah, that, that was legit. I was still in the police department at the time. So when I heard that they, uh that Jay and his wife had called the police and a report was taken, I had to go over to that precinct and get a copy of the report yeah. just to see it, and it was it was hysterical. I mean, it was goofy, yeah. but you know, like in written in the perps description, it was like uh, last name Clay, first name Andrew, and then it said middle name. Dice, Dice. You know, on the police report. <laughs> like it didn't even have his real name on it or anything. It was just such a goof. It, but you know it was uh, I mean nothing was gonna go anywhere with it, but right. it was just the police did go and an actual police report was generated. So it was but funny.
3: You always wondered like what Dice was doing, if it was real, if it was a work. I think ninety percent of what he did was a work. Um but but he took us out shopping once, and it was hilarious. He, he, he thought he was on the streets of Bangladesh. He's trying to bargain with somebody at a Fifth Avenue clothing store. You know, you can't bargain someone down. Yeah. Well, these uh, sweatshirts, uh, give me two for the price of one. And it's like, no, we can't do that, sir. Come on. For a goof, <laughs> like what are you talking? Oh and we'd be laughing our balls off, but he was deadly serious. He wanted to get a, some kind of discount from from the guy. So you know, we went to his uh, steak place once for dinner, and uh, he asked for his steak to be butterflied. He wanted his baked potato rolled on the grill so the skin was crispy. And it, so it, he gets the dinner, and we all get it, and everybody's fine. And he goes, "Excuse me, excuse me." the waiter comes over he goes do you, do you remember when i told you about the potato you, no no do you remember i told you cuz goes sir what can we do uh, we'll take the potato back no no i want to know if you remember and, and, and i'm just sitting there going well whatever food's in front of you eat that cuz they're going to spit on whatever else they send on the fucking table but he just couldn't stop i think he just loves performing in front yeah. of people so if he can make an uncomfortable
0: situation uh he's gonna do it he was he was he was gold when he come on i just get so oh, yeah do one of my best compliments i've ever gotten uh uh i guess eleanor was torn with them, and my my uh-huh. video went up and he walks uh he walks out of the back in the video and he goes he goes uh, hey he's got no shirt on. <laughs> he's got no shirt on. Like, and he starts laughing. He's got no shirt on. He's got no shirt on. And then he, and then he heard the machine story. He goes, Hey, this guy's great. He should come out in a robe with slippers. <laughs> I, that's, and I was so, I was like, so, cause I, I'd heard him so many times with you guys yeah, yeah. and been just in stitches, but I could never tell if it was like, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, the
3: first time we met him was out here in California. We were, uh, me and Opie were doing radio in Boston for like a week. (laughs) And they're like, well, you're going out to LA. There's something going on at the comedy store. You're going to be broadcasting live. And then, uh, over at the auto museums and you're going to, you're going to be uh, broadcasting live from there. So, um, we go over there and they bring celebrities around and whatnot. And dice was one of the celebrities. And, uh, I just started doing an impersonation of him when he was coming over and me and him got into an argument with me doing dice. And he's like, I'm not going to argue with me over here. (laughs) And and the cameras were turned around. All the mics were on like it was a moment uh, that doesn't usually happen at one of those junkets. Yeah. Uh, And dice loved it. He fucking loved it. So we didn't really hear from him much in Boston, but when we got to New York, uh club soda kenny who was working with uh, dice By the
0: way, who has
3: the most interesting
0: career of oh anyone. yeah it's insane I, all of a sudden i'll be somewhere and he'll just show up yeah uh, who are you with uh, hello bert i'm with bill <laughs> yeah oh, good to see you <laughs> yeah i'm i'm guarding them <laughs> i'm guarding them <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was uh, he
3: was with dice and uh he goes dice there's some guy does does an impression of you that you gotta hear so uh, I used to do the Dice impression as if he worked sweeping up around WNEW. Yeah. And people actually called and goes, I can't believe Dice is doing that. Like they thought it was really Dice. Oh. Just sweeping floors. I was like, I'm playing the garden. The Olive Garden. Down <laughs> and, and people just laughed their balls off. So he finally called in and then came in. Kenny had him come in. And ever since then we've had a relationship with dice he did my first show uh as compound media uh, outside uh anthony show yeah out by the pool and then uh, later that night we said karaoke subscribe yeah yeah It's 54
0: you. bucks for the year i think It's hilarious yeah 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 Dude, And then I support, sang I look, karaoke. yeah when that happened uh when that happened i was like of course i subscribe. i subscribe for the fucking year and then i was like honey i just subscribed to anthony's <laughs> podcast for the year and she goes wait why don't you just yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> and then she didn't know it was a paywall, and I was like, "Ah, oh, she thinks I just hit subscribe." Oh, subscribe, and I just hit yeah. Subscribe. So I, I, you, you have a new book out that I've mentioned in the thing. I want to talk about it per- permanently. Sure. Permanently, permanently suspended. Su- suspended. Yeah, yeah. And I started reading it, and in the middle of reading it, I heard Mark, uh, Mark, um, WTF, Mark, Marin oh. say. uh, Oh, it's a horrible idea to read someone's book before you interview them because you'll just lead them into questions oh and interesting I went, and i went and i was like i already know everything about there is to know about this guy yeah. i've been listening to him for yeah. fucking 10 years so i stopped reading your book but i wanted to and i don't so i don't know if things are covered in your book but i wanted to i wanted to ask you the, some questions that number one did you have any financial involvement in pal chat um, pal talk oh pal talk no no, oh, we we,
3: try, we tried to get some kind of a deal going when we first started Compound Media, but when I was on uh, XM, which is where we really used a lot of PalTalk, no, we, we never had any, somebody introduced me to it, and I loaded it up on the computer, and it was, uh, the excuse was, well, they're, there are people that could just give me instant feedback. If I'm thinking of something, a movie, and I don't remember the a- actor, they pop it up immediately. Yeah. But the truth of it was all I was doing is looking at naked girls laying in bed watching uh, and listening to the show. Really? Because it was a video conferencing thing. So you could have like six windows open, about you know three inch by three inch windows uh, open at a time. And it was usually girls listening to the show in bed uh, in various states of undress. And they would flash tits and pussy and everything. And it was like, I'd be sitting there watching and doing the show. And that was pretty much what Pal Talk was all about. It was
0: just looking at naked I girls. I hear you talk about Pal Talk, and I was like, they have to have money invested in this. They have to have money invested in this. You <laughs> no. guys are like, Pal Talk's amazing, guys. You guys need help with Pal yeah, Talk. Yeah, it was. Uh,
3: no, it, it was just something we used. And we used it to get the uh, Anthony Weiner uh, dick pic uh, from Andrew uh, Breitbart. Yeah. That was what... Uh, you guys it,
0: had Andrew, Andrew Bipart on early, right? Yeah, he was, he
3: was on... Uh, right, before he did,
0: right before he died. Yeah, yeah. It, he, it was right when the Anthony Weiner thing came
3: out and he had the picture of his dick and uh, uh, he gave it to us to look at on his phone. And I, I held it in front of the camera, my pal talk camera that was on me. Yeah. And people snapped pictures of it and I handed it to Opie and they handed it back. And it just went out like that was us exposing the thing. And Andrew was pissed. I felt bad because he was like, you know, I was using that to get information on something else. You fucked my whole deal up and, and shit. And then he died after that. So uh, I kind of felt bad about it. But eh, eh, yeah. it, got, it got us in the story. And, you know, as far as radio goes, that's the most important thing.
0: When did you get involved with technology?
3: Uh, I've always been uh, just uh, in love with tech and especially video, audio uh, shit like that so when I was when I was on uh, XM uh, I wanted to have a video presence something so I built a
0: studio in my basement uh, I, trial and error is that would, is that your first step into like into like 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 were you interested in the mics were you interested in XL, XLR cables were you like because I remember the, the first time I saw compound th- live from the compound I was like what the fuck you can do this (laughs) yeah i know that's what everyone's like wait a minute i could just do this (laughs) but uh, but from what i know of you as a kid uh you kind of your parents separated by the way this is that that i read in the book and then i was like i know all this i know all this i know everything about (laughs) shooting guns i know everything and so i was like i gotta stop because i'm just gonna go so tell me about the girl that That you you hooked up with that was a little older that you know but so so when did you when did you start because I've had people on here, like Tom Green said, he was like, uh, he was like, you know what's interesting about me is that Ontario is like a real big tech area. And so I was into tech way before, and that's what got me into the Tom Green show. But you were the first one of our generation yeah. who was like, oh, I can stream. All of us had heard of podcasts. yeah but you were like, oh, I can do all this myself. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I uh, Even as a kid, though, I loved that shit. I loved uh, the, the first camcorders that ever came out. I ha- knew I had to get one and start making videos with my, me and my friends. You know, Adam Ferrara is one of my buddies. We would yeah. make videos of, of stoned pot cooking shows. We would just do bits and sketches and stuff. So I always loved the medium. And then being able to uh, have the kind of equipment, because I was, I was out for two years uh, from WNEW when we got fired. They paid us for two years off of one of the most lucrative contracts we ever signed. So I had a shitload of money coming in. And when we got to XM and I wanted to build this studio, I had unlimited resources. So I would go to B&H Photo in Manhattan and uh, just buy stuff. And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it gets thrown to the side and I buy something else. And it was a lot of trial and error and plug and play. And uh, But after a while, I had this studio completely figured out. And I wanted it to be... HD video. I wanted to have lower thirds. I wanted to be able to pop picture in picture video. I wanted it to look as professional as a newscast, but with a drunk rambling as the anchor man. Yeah. That to me was the coolest thing I could do. And that's exactly what I wound up doing. And uh I'd pop on at all hours, drunk karaoke. Middle of the fucking middle night. Middle of the night, 3 a.m. I'd be like, bo, fire it up hey motherfuckers we're here i'm gonna sing a few songs and then we're gonna talk about this in the news and and it was great it was uh, such a weird little thing to have available uh to me xm got pissed about it they they were uh they didn't like that they weren't getting exclusivity i'm like i'm in my basement yeah. leave me the fuck alone it's nothing like the ona show it's just it's me. just
0: creating material for the show yeah yeah because a lot of times people would call in and be like I remember when Ralphie called and he's like, yo, did you talk shit about me yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. On, on uh, the compound podcast that I did. That was really That's interesting. Shit about Ralphie May. What was, how did that, how did that go down? Someone tech, I remember, by the way, I think I watched the mashup video. Yeah. Yeah. But someone texted someone, you had pal talk on the show, on yeah. the compound media, uh, live from the compound. No, I don't think I had pal talk on that. Did I? So, someone I don't think ca- I had a someone called in maybe. Yeah. I think someone called in and was like,
3: do you love Ralphie Mae? And you were like, no, I was like, no, I'm going to say it here. Like it. And again, it was, you know, it's, it's a show, but I I was just, uh, I was like, Oh God, he was so annoying. And I had a few in me, of course. And I'm like, he's just so loud. And we couldn't get a point across. You'd make a point. He just starts screaming. I'm like, fuck him. Fuck (laughs) Ralphie. And people just ran with it. Like, Oh boy, Ralphie, he's pissed at you. And, uh, his, yeah, of course. And then it gets out of hand. And, and, then, and then his call-in was so
0: yeah. uncomfortable. Yes, it was very uncomfortable. It's the, it was the most uncomfortable bit of radio <laughs> yeah. I've ever listened it to in my life. It was very uncomfortable. But again, people seem to love uncomfortable. That's <laughs> Dude, to this day, I've never listened to anything. Yeah, yeah that was bad. <laughs> I, but I, and then I, all I thought was, all i thought and this is my brain i can't help but my brain works this way but i was like dude life from the compound's about to blow the fuck up because <laughs> yeah. i'm listening to Obi and anthony going i'm definitely seeing what he's talking about tonight yeah yeah it was uh they they wanted me to put the kibosh on it um
3: and during contract negotiation i really had to kind of lay off of it they uh they were pissed uh but then we did a contract i was able to still use it and thank God I had it, because once I got the boot, it was that much easier. If I had to build a studio and then uh, figure out the logistics with Keith to get it out to the people, because it's, it's a different animal from when I was just in my basement. It wasn't a giant audience tuning in, like it was wee hours of the morning, people watched it afterwards a lot of times, uh, the, the next day, uh, but then when we started doing this, we really needed a reliable delivery system that wasn't going to crash if too many people got on and uh, we got a hard education on that because we went through so many pain in the ass things that didn't work and incompetent people and it's one of those things that you really don't take into consideration i just figure you know i get in front of a mic and i talk and that's all i need to know but this business is. Two-sided. There's the content, the material, the the people, the funny guys, whatever, and then the technical end of it, which is a completely different business. But it, both of those are uh, uh, dependent on the other. And I don't want to fucking deal with the tech part of it. I love tech. I don't yeah. like tech deals. I don't like dealing with a tech company. The phone calls saying this needs to be done or how much is bandwidth this month or I fucking don't need that. I just want to get in front of a mic. And do the do uh, the show, but that's kind of w- the position we ended up in. Uh, and to this day, we still have issues with technology that we get pissed at. And but uh, for the most part, it's it's running very smoothly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I love it. I just love the idea that uh, this is something that's completely ours, one hundred percent.
0: Open to say and do anything we want on it. So I want to talk about. I want to talk about the exits at all three different stations. I want to talk. I'm dying to talk about contracts. Meaning, not. I don't need to know specifics. I would love to know specifics. I would love to know how much money you made from SiriusXM. But, but uh, I want to talk about contracts because I, I want, and and the growth of that as that happens. But since we're here, I, I'm dying to talk about the tech side of of the business of the of the podcast you have because it I, I think there's a lot of people that are i'm a podcast geek i love mm-hmm. this shit, and i i didn't enjoy the tech i didn't enjoy editing on myself i didn't enjoy posting them and then i brought halston in and i started to really enjoy it again and i started to yeah. enjoy my podcast you need I like, somebody that can do that stuff now we're looking at buying a property and and building what joe has on a very very small scale mm-hmm. very small scale but making making it a fun house like a fun place to go right? and make it like like what you guys have every time i walk in you're like bert gold beer and i'm like oh, i'm good hey. like <laughs> but so so what was that like when you first started when you first started you, what your podcast now like where, where was the... I want to talk about the... I want to talk about... I want to talk about the TriCaster. I want to talk about the equipment. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about everything. Like, and yeah. and, then, and the choice to go behind a paywall, the choice not to... Cause one of the most frustrating things about your podcast is it'll go through the grapevine. Like, holy shit, did you hear what happened on... on and you're like, what? And you're like, yeah. And then you're online. You're like, motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> and then you're like, God damn it I got to go fucking back into the... Son of a bitch. And, you know, it's... And, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's a choice, but... It, and. Through the grapevine with comics, it's been very beneficial mm-hmm. to be behind a paywall. It's been yeah, extremely, yeah. Ex- extremely, uh, so it sounds like a very, and I'm talking about like us comp, uh, us podcasters have talked about paywalls and they're like, it worked for Anthony. It won't work for all of us.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a model that uh, needs a very specific product to work. Uh, I had just gotten fired off a very popular radio show had a very big following. Uh, I knew if we got up and running fast enough, we could get a lot of those people to subscribe. Uh, Sure, we could have gone the route with sponsors uh, alone, um, and maybe there's a couple of other ideas for models with placement of clicks and what have you. But if we wanted to be 100% self-sufficient and not worry about people pulling the plug on us
0: for content, we had to go with the paywall. Uh, it's interesting because yeah. it's interesting because I think all of us started from a very different angle of like, I'm just doing it for free. Yeah. No one's listening. Right. Like, oh, right. I remember I went, I remember my first week I had 25,000 uh, subscribers and I was like, I remember calling Tommy Segura and I was like, "Dude, 25,000 subscribers." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to break your heart when I tell you what you got to do to get advertisers." Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Really?" And he goes, "Just keep doing it, man." And I'm I'm I must I don't even know what I did until I got advertisers. And then and even still I think there it is in the back of your head about having a boss, about having yeah. someone who will pull the plug on us on an ad because Jay fucking Okerson says pubic hairs. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those deals where, you know, I I couldn't I was
3: pretty much da- damaged goods at that point, point. and the idea. So yeah, like <clears> I
0: wonder <throat> if you knew exact. Like I wonder if you knew how big that was.
3: Because mm, I know I, I know I, how big it was personally, but in, like in but my like, life, but. I was
0: in Clearwater Beach, and people were talking about you at the bar. Jesus, and yeah. I and my dad said my dad said and by the way I apologize for this my dad goes you know this fucking idiot I go, <laughs> I go yeah actually I'm a huge fan of That's, this I've heard that before and my so dad it's... goes you serious I go we'll yeah I go dad and my dad and I got into a conversation about race and socioeconomic backgrounds and ways people are brought it got it was a really great conversation I had with my dad <laughs> all because of you on TV yeah, and people yeah. arguing about you and people supporting oh, I know. you because it's all cowhead people down there it's and so people weird. supporting you and my dad and my dad's very socially very 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 liberal grew up in the 60s and um but I, I was like i was like i wonder if like did you just hop off your phone oh at that point no
3: i i still i doubled down triple down quadrupled down on there and then uh actually it was sean hannity that got in touch with me he goes anthony get the fuck off social media yeah. what are you doing just stop and uh it was like yeah okay better better fucking like leave that alone for a while. Um, yeah, it was, it was weird. I, I didn't know how big it was at the time. I, like I said, I was just taking it very personally. And, uh, I was mostly thinking, what the fuck am I going to do now? Like I could have just literally retired, just stopped doing anything and move somewhere with the woods around me and, uh, write a manifesto or <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't want to, I, I love doing this. So I wanted to keep going and. Keith's like, you got a studio right there in the basement. What are you doing? Let's get it up and running. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. If we get it running in a month, we could probably snag a bunch of people that uh, are fans of the show, get them to uh, subscribe and uh, put out a show from from the basement. And it's um, exactly what we did. We were up and running in a month. Um, and then we just started getting other people that kind of liked the idea of this uncensored platform. Gavin
0: McInnes. Dude, one who's just... dying to talk to you about Gavin hilarious. Gavin, <laughs> I, can I tell you how much trouble I've gotten in with being a fan of Gavin? I, I know, me like, too. Because, because, yeah. and by the way, and I know that as soon as I just said that, people are losing their shit. Yeah, but yeah. Like I wasn't introduced to him the way you guys, everyone listening is. Uh, right. Everyone listening to him only hears about um, Gavin Menas Proud he's, Boys he's Manhattan Hitler. fight. Yeah. yeah, he's Hitler. He's Hitler. Dude, I knew this guy. I knew this guy back from the the JRE early JRE days. And then on on Compound Media, like, yeah, yep. and I was like, oh, and he just, I got to be dead honest with you, man. I, and then I'd, I'd run into Proud Boys. I'd run into Proud Boys. Yep. And they'd go, oh, dude, uh, I love you on Jerry. Do I love when you did, you were on Anthony's show. Like, it was just podcast fans. Right. Yeah. It was just podcast fans. That's all they were. Yeah. Was, it, was a, it was a new manifest- manifestation of the pests or death squad. It was just a group of guys. And uh, and they all had good haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that haircut is clean, man. Yeah, and and uh and 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 then all of a sudden this started happening. and Of course, Gavin Gavin would say fucked up shit every now and then. Of course, yes. But, but so did Milo. So did Ben. So did uh fucking Jordan. So did yeah. all these people. And it was almost. It's like I, I'm not to say. And so did you. And so yeah, did I. By the course. way. So did I. I definitely am definitely guilty of saying fucked yeah. up shit. But but then you've seen you you've witnessed his transformation into crazy. So when you met Gavin, what was what was that introduction like that introduction was uh,
3: I met him on uh, Red Eye on Fox News as a, a guest on on Red Eye. Um, and I just saw him as this weird, funny dude. Almost like, a troll. Right, right. Almost a troll. Very eclectic, weird guy. If, if you put in the godfather of hipster, he comes up. Horrible. He's the guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's the guy. So I just thought, it, like, this is cool. And his history with the vice... You know, Vice magazine. is one of the Shane, Love Shane Smith.
0: Love <laughs> Shane Smith. To this day, I'm a ride or die motherfucker with Shane Smith because we look alike. And so people <laughs> yeah, would always true. come up and go, bro, can I buy you a beer? And I thought they would be talking to me. Oh, shit. And they'd go, "Do I love you on Rogue. And i go, oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, because that be works like, too. And, then- and they'd be like, dude. Your story about the Russian train, which Shane has a similar story. Oh shit! It was posted on fucking Vice, and I was like, "Yeah!" And this it was in the Atlanta airport, and the guy's like, "So, how did you come up with that company? Like, how did you start Vice?" And, and I am like, like, "Uh." And what? Then immediately, I was like, "He thinks I'm Shane Smith." Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> I was like, "Well, I was growing up in Canada, and uh, so and so in a weird way, it's like Shane and Gavin were these two just outliers, yeah, who were these guys who." created content that were big on podcasts and like alternative media. And that was our introduction to them. Yeah. Yeah. It was not, I mean, this, I, I I hate, I don't hate to defend someone that like, like, like Gavin, because, because I'm, I have to tell you my perspective and my perspective was very different than what people meet him as, but yeah, he just was a fucking goofy guy that dressed as Michael Douglas on Joe's podcast. And you're like, (laughs) what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. He's a goofy guy. I've,
3: Gotten to know him and his family. Like, so
0: wait, so wait, go back to when you guys, you guys, your introduction. Your, I'm, I apologize. Oh that yeah, no, so please, this is awesome.
3: Yeah, it was, uh, it was Fox News, and uh, he, like, I started reading some of his articles, and uh, through Twitter, when we were both allowed on Twitter, I started uh, DMing him about things, and it was, uh, it was kind of when we started the compound media thing, and and he wanted to show. He just wanted yeah. to, you know, do do uh, his show on our platform. And it was while I was still doing it out of my house. So uh, we were like, yeah, he would come out to Roslyn, Long Island and come into my house, do the show, and then come upstairs. And I'd just be sitting there watching television and he'd sit down and hey what's up how you doing uh and start we'd
0: have these conversations and uh he's just a by the way i have to preface yeah. when you say we'd have these conversations i don't want people to take that out of context oh see yeah see that's what's so fucked up about where we are today is you just bullshit right we would just bullshit it about it wasn't anything. like here's the problem with the jews no no
3: we'd have conversation about anything yeah. and everything it's just yeah we'd have the the conversations yeah no you're right uh people would say that but it, it just, the more you get to know the guy, the more you realize what he's brilliant. He's so out there, and his sense of humor is really odd. But it's nonetheless a sense of humor. And a lot of what he does is supposed to be taken with a grain of salt as parody and satire and sarcasm and not at face value. Now, the news don't know anything about that. They yeah. are, you said it, he, you meant it this way, that's it, period. Yeah. Now, the whole Proud Boys thing, it started as a joke. That thing started 100% joke. It was uh, a guy that we had working at the studio, this guy Ben, Ben Ratner. Rat, we called him. And uh, Rats, uh tends to be an effeminate kind of a guy, a Jewish kid. He's never has stories of chicks or going out on dates and anything. So, of course, Gavin starts getting on him and... Uh, maybe making speculations about his sexuality and whatnot. And he started uh, goofing on him about uh, being proud of your boy, like a dad being proud of your boy. And the proud of your boy was a a Broadway, a song from a Broadway musical. So we would play it and then say, we got to get you laid and... You know, be be one of the Proud Boys, be a member of the Proud Boys. In order to get in, you have to name five breakfast, breakfast cereals while people beat you up. It, the whole thing was a joke, a complete goof. Now there's chapters around the world that are being labeled white nationalists, Nazis, racist nationalists. And it's, it, to me, looking from the inside out at, at how uh, society's reacting to it, I'm like, do, do you understand this is a joke? The whole thing's a goof. Yeah. And it's Gavin, again, pulling these strings, the troll that he is, and getting, getting so much flack for it because now he's being presented. And there's no turning back. Like, there's it's, no
0: explaining it to anybody. It's, so, it's it's really interesting to see now because I, I have to tap out on on one, once because I remember hearing Proud Boy a long, long time ago and and going like, oh, that's so silly. Yeah. Like, it's so silly. yeah, And not thinking anything. And then hearing it. And going oh neo-nazis and then i think we watched video of proud boys versus antifa yeah and i and i'm now i'm trying to figure out what proud boys are and they're all guys of color and i'm like i'm like like, okay they're not (laughs) neo-nazis and then i went on a i went on a really great guy i wish i could remember the guy's name he's very liberal but he kind of called me out on me reacting to these fight videos because I think it's a a viral video now, but this one guy throws a baton at a a proud boy and he catches it and knocks the guy out clean. Yeah, yeah. Clean. And I was, and I'm sure I, I don't know what the fuck I said. I'm sure I was drunk or high. And, but regardless, uh, he was like dude do you support the proud boys and i was like i was like no i don't i mean i don't know what you're talking about and he yeah. was like they're nazis and i was like well they're people of color. And he goes that's you can't say that and and we got into a little bit of an argument about oh, it and geez. i was like and then i was like hold on and so i did a little research and i was like okay i guess things are a little out of control now it, <laughs> it seems like seems like whatever views i had of gavin and the proud boys have, are now out of context and then, right, and, then right. and, and then i guess gavin and i and that's where i tap out because i don't as soon as that happened, I just went, I am done. I'm not gonna mention him again. I'm not gonna talk about it again. Right. But but I knowing that you know Gavin, I was like, What so what what then what like I really don't know? I don't did know Ga- how, did, it, it, how what did it got escalate? to the
3: point. I have no idea. It's just something I think the right time, the right place, it caught on. Like I don't support the Proud Boys. I don't I've never been to I've known Gavin for years. I I I, I think he's fantastic. I've never been to an event. I've never like hung out with the proud boys. So I I don't support them. I don't know what they even do. But I do support Gavin as a person. Like I don't like the idea that he's being chased out of his house. Like his neighbors are like, I'm not having a Nazi. He's got his wife is American Indian. He's got beautiful kids that just want to go to school and play baseball. And they're being terrorized by certain people in the, in the neighborhood and, and whatnot. And I know Gavin, he's just a nice guy. Like you said, he's goofy, he does things that are you know could be considered outrageous, but that's the entertainer part of Gavin, as was this invention of the Proud Boys. A goof, a joke, a documented joke. If you wanna look and watch some of those old programs, you could see exactly how it progressed uh, into out of control what it is now. And along the way, Gavin has done nothing but disavow Nazis, he nationalism.
0: He told Proud Boys, "Don't go to Charlottesville, don't go to uh, Portland." It's crazy that I don't think I don't. I mean, it's, I don't. I don't know anything about this, so it's it's mm-hmm. it's fucked up for me to say anything. But like, if I if it's, it sounds like he's their unappointed leader. Yeah, because it started with him, and then it
3: turned, it mutated into this other thing. But he's still just the goofy guy that was trying to get a a Jewish kid laid in the studio and making a joke about it. So uh, it's put him in a really weird position where no matter how much he disavows things and says it's not this and I'm not this. Once that's out of the box, we've seen it happen. I've seen it personally to to myself. Uh, there's no getting it back in. You, you they don't want you to. They don't want to hear your explanation. People love to be outraged. And when they think they know something and somebody and they're outraged by it, they don't want you to fix it. Outrage that, feels so good. Outra- people love outrage. I, I love it. Oh, I love it. Don't you love being Dude, I love it. I
0: love not not even like <laughs> like just the feeling of like of like uh, of like getting in the shower and then fighting with people online that aren't real and going like like the Dwight Howard thing. Yeah. I've been fighting with people and I have a pretty educated view of why I would fight with people about it cuz I'm I'm a big fan of hip hop. I'm a uh-huh. big fan of I'm a big I'm a big I'm a big I'm liberal, but like big liberal because I'm hardcore LGBTQ rights. Like I I'm yeah. like and 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 I'm also anti-shaming. So, like, all the things that I'm interested in are right in the same pocket. Uh Uh-huh. And I have a fucking educated opinion on it. I'll never share it. I'll never share it because I know that once you throw that hat in the ring, you are fucked. Yeah, yeah. Once you say one thing, you are fucked. So, I was just like, whatever. But I get in the shower and I'll fucking argue with people. (laughs) I got into a fight with Amy Schumer today.
3: (laughs) In the shower. In the shower. In the shower.
0: I love Amy, but I was just like... I was like, motherfucker, (laughs) fuck! what the, and, but my point, but my point is like, outrage feels good. It feels, it's, it's a distraction as you get on your phone and you get outraged about something and you have no stakes in it. Right. And you you lob a cocktail at someone and then they receive it and they reply and then you giggle like, oh shit, they replied. Yeah. And it's, and it happened to you personally. Yeah, Yeah. You were the first, you were the first kind of person I knew that was the recipient of outright. I remember putting your name. I bet if I went into my my Twitter search and like where you type into like search, I bet if I typed in A, it comes up Anthony Cumia. Because, because you were one of those. Yeah. Anna Kendrick. Oh, fuck. Um, so but but you were one of the first people that I, w- I watched it happen to yeah yeah and and obviously still a fan of the show still listening to the show yeah it's f- f- followed you on twitter followed that thread various accounts
3: uh, that have been removed <laughs> li- permanently suspended that's uh i haven't uh, been on twitter i have an account but i just use it for uh to get like material for the show so yeah. i follow a bunch of news sites and people that i know and uh other things um so I could get information. I don't really post because there's barely any uh, followers on it. But, uh, and my Facebook, I also scrapped that, started a brand new one. I just follow my friends and family and uh, it's just been uh, so much nicer. There's no reason to get so into it for hours and hours arguing back and forth with people. Uh, It's obsessive. It really is. Social media is a horrible
0: thing (laughs) it's terrible Uh, well so walk me through i want to i want to hear uh what i'm obsessed with um i talked to corolla about this i talked to tom green about this i'm obsessed with uh the hero's story meaning the guy who who is at the mountaintop and then gets taken down and has to build his way back up yeah yeah i'm obsessed with it and i think mostly because. It, in in a very very small fashion, it happened to me. It happened to me. I was at Travel Channel, and I felt, felt like I had the world. I, I was getting ready to go on Funnier Do Die tour, and and then Travel Channel show. I get fired from Travel Channel, mm-hmm. and I and all the tour dates get pulled from that. And I literally was. It was a morning that happened with me, and I like I felt like I no one wanted me. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. But right? I, I'm curious about all three of your firings. Cause, yeah, because I, and I, I want to know. I, I wish there was an analogy way to do this, almost like girlfriends. Like yeah. your first one at Boston, in Boston, because and I, not to put words in your mouth, but like that seemed like it was a beneficial firing. It and worked then, out that way. And I, I want you to walk me through each of them. But then, then, yeah. and then and then the the one with the Saint Pat's Cathedral. Yeah. And then and then you by yourself. Right. So I, I'm curious of each of those firings, how you process them, what they felt like, the morning that happened, and then the rebirth of yeah, each yeah. of them. It, it was, uh, the Boston
3: one was probably, well, I, w- I won't say the worst, but I had no previous experience at being fired. Oh. So, we had said that the mayor of Boston was dead for an April Fool's prank. Um, and it, the goof was that we were supposed to make it progressively more ridiculous as the, the, our show went on that day. Uh, so, by the end of our show, you would know it wasn't true. You know, we were bringing in that he was with a young boy from Thailand and it was a car accident and, and hookers. It was just going to get really ridiculous Yeah. uh, that by the end, no one would think it was real. Uh, Well, the PD uh, comes in and says, we got to stop this immediately, right away. Program director. Yeah. So we're just, we didn't want to, we wanted to keep it going. And they said, no, don't address it. Don't talk about it. I was like, well, now it's just hanging out there that uh, he's, he's dead. Um, well, we see it at the crawl uh, on the news up there, it says uh, DJs say mayor's dead. And, and we go, oh, boy, this is, this is not good. And Opie knew because he had been in radio enough years. And, and I'm you've just, been, how long have you been in radio? I've been time? in for three years, but we, we hadn't been in that much trouble yet. We'd been suspended for a couple of things that, you know, the bosses went, hey, now, don't do that. Meanwhile, they were like, this ratings are great. Uh, but this time they were like, well, they're going to have to look into this and see what happens and you're off the air until they do an investigation like oh boy this doesn't sound good and uh, they fired us and I was horrified it was at that point I was making I guess I was making 85,000 a year this is coming from three years earlier in tin knocking doing sheet metal work I was making 27,000 dollars and now I'm making $85,000 three years later. To me, that was the most money in the world. It was amazing. Yeah. And I thought, oh, fuck, I'm back to knocking tin. I'm back to being a construction worker. I'll be in an attic saying, hey, you ever hear Obi and Anthony? That was me. Could you pass me this tin snips? I'm ready. To <laughs> Just horrified. Uh, then Bob Eatman, our agent, uh, got in touch with us for the first time uh, and said he'd like to represent us. He could get us a job. Uh, so we signed with him. And he got us an opportunity where we could have went to Atlanta or New York. And of course, we're like, fuck New York. Was the money equal? The money was at that point, $145,000. So it was the greatest thing that had happened up to that point. yeah. yeah. Us getting fired. First of all, we're making double the money, uh, more than that. Secondly, we're in the number one radio market now. And we're... Home back on Long Island, yeah. uh, driving into the city every day. All so, your friends, yeah. Now my friends could hear it. I'm on the rock of New York, WNEW. It was fucking amazing. Uh, that only took a couple of months, also. We got fired, uh, April, whatever it was, after April 1st. Fir- and I guess by September, we were
0: on the air in, uh, in New York. So, so, so what's that first, what's the first homecoming like for you when you get out there and you're and you're Buddies were at a bar and they walk and they're like, "Oh! Yeah, that was cuz I used to do radio in Boston and I drive down for holidays and stuff
3: here to New York and uh everyone, even my family, they're like, uh, "Is are things okay? Are you doing good up there? Yeah. You still have something to fall back on?" Cuz they had no clue we were doing great up there. I mean, the ratings were amazing. Uh we were doing great, but until we were in New York, they still just thought they didn't know, you know? They uh they had no idea that we were doing really well. So, yeah, when we started Broadcasting on WNEW, doing afternoons, Uh, yeah, people caught on. So going out to the the bars and uh family events it was a whole nother story they were like oh oh look at the bi- don't talk in front of him he'll put it on his show <laughs> uh, really will I? I used to as a comic you probably get that all the time you want to see funny you go down to where he works this guy is he cracks everyone up uh, does he he'll put you in his act look out will i yeah so uh that was huge coming coming to new york um my family guys they saw the whole thing we were doing interviews in uh, penthouse magazine and all this shit was coming out and it was uh it was great it was amazing we uh we made it through that first contract and then um the second contract was giant because clear channel was fighting with infinity broadcasting cbs radio to uh get us clear channel wanted to put us in mornings against howard now, regardless if we would have won or not, you know, Howard's fucking huge. I would never go in there with any delusions that we're gonna kick Howard Stern's ass. Yeah. But we would take away enough listeners where he wouldn't be number one anymore. And they needed a number one Howard Stern for all that money they were getting uh, in, in sales revenue. So they were like, whatever you gotta do, do not let them go to Clear Channel to go against Howard. So we were in the perfect position. Clear Channel's offering boatloads of money. Uh, CBS has the first right to match. So they're matching all this fucking, these huge offers that are coming in. Me and Opie are in a hotel room with Bob Eatman, the agent. Bob's on the phone with various uh, representatives from these radio companies and the numbers coming out of his mouth, me and Opie are just looking at each other going, what the fuck? It was millions. They're talking millions of dollars. All right, uh, third year we have, and it's millions of dollars. And I'm like, what? This is fucking, I've been doing this maybe, Five years I've been in radio. Shut and, and now the, the money is just unfucking believable. So we signed a three year contract, multi million dollar contract. Uh, each year it went up. So huge amounts of money. Uh, one year into that deal, uh, we were doing the Sex for Sam contest, which was uh,
0: backed by Sam Adams and uh backed by sam back adams. by
3: sam adams
0: jim cook used to be on the show all the time shout out to jim cook yeah. He he told me my ass wax video that i did on sir <laughs> seri- on fx uh, him and his wife, it was the first time they laughed and cried laughing together. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. Dude,
0: shout out to Jim Cook. Jim Cook was great. He, he was fucking on awesome. With all kinds of gadgets. He'd have a backpack full of, of beer. beer and, and just drink with you. Yeah, yeah. He had no problem drinking time. beer and, for beer with you. And you
3: never saw him get even tipsy. Not even he, close. He was the same guy no matter what he did. He was just mellow and drink his beer. Sex his for beer. Sam. And it was great. So it was sex for Sam. The object. And we had done this contest People don't realize this a couple of years in a row. It it wasn't the first time we were doing this. So we'd have a list. We'd have couples that would audition throughout the course of a few months before we wanted to do this. And um, they had to have sex at famous landmarks around New York City that were on this list. So there were things like the Empire State Building, the Hard Rock Cafe, uh, Times Square, just all kinds of locations that everybody knows, 30 Rock, things like that so uh on the bottom of the list was church just church and me i looked at opie i'm like really and he goes we're just gonna say it when we read the list off it's gonna outrage people it's outrageous you know yeah. that's what we do and i'm like all right whatever so he hands out the list we have spotters who are various people from the show or comics uh paul mercurio was the one that was out with the, this one couple and um so we're you know, we're doing it like a sports broadcast, which we always did. All right, we're getting a call from uh, Ben here. He's got the couple, and they're at FAO Schwartz. What's going on, Ben? So uh, that's how we would do it. Uh, Paul calls up. He goes, we're here at St. Pat's, and he's uh, doing the two-point conversion. Two-point conversion was you get an extra two points if you're fucking her in the ass at the <laughs> location. So he goes, we're here at St. Pat's, and, and and I'm— What I'm, a different world. Oh, Dude, but it was regular like, radio. Oh, my God. Regular FM, FCC-regulated radio. And uh, Yeah, could you imagine use that? I cannot fucking no. wrap my head around totally it. Totally different. We shoved uh, cell phones up girls' pussies and called them to see if you could get a signal inside a girl's vagina. <laughs> and it was regular radio. For Fourth of July, we shot bottle rockets out of girls' vaginas and, and played, like, America the Beautiful behind it. It was hilarious. Again regular fcc regulated radio you couldn't get away with that on the moon right now you couldn't get away on a podcast Uh, no 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 they pull you off everything you'd be done so yeah we were doing some fucked up shit and uh me and obi cell phones were also a lot smaller then yeah yeah (laughs) 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 me and obi looked at each other after paul said that and we both had dump buttons in front of us long delays we had like fucking 35 second delays in front of us. One in the back room with a guy behind a locked door that had the button. And we looked at each other like, should we dump out of this? And it was like, it's just too good. It's too good. Neither of us hit that button. We could have hit that button and avoided everything. What do you think would have happened in the sliding door
0: scenario? button. What do you think would have happened if you had hit that button? Do you think you'd be... No, uh, we would have gotten fired at some point. Oh, I'm sure. No, 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 (laughs) but but do you think, do you think in a weird way, do you think that, that moment helped solidify you in broadcast history. Yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. But it also you know, made us uh, persona non grata in the in the business for for a while. you know, we we sat out for two years. We got fired. It was uh, it, it went out. There was outrage. The uh, couple and Paul got uh, arrested. Uh, and now people just started. You know, the, me- the media, it started snowballing where people thought like, what, Opie and Anthony fucked in at St. Pat's? Uh, and it was, uh, it got way out of control. The Catholic League got involved and they wanted us out of there. And the company knew it. CBS knew it. And they were like, uh, Bob called us and said, uh, they've, you know, they've canceled the show. They go, fired us? We go, no, no, they canceled the show. You're still under contract with them for two years so for two years we had to sit out we weren't allowed to work anywhere else but we were getting paid millions of dollars for two years so what was that firing like was that like a uh, like uh, like that was scary because we knew they could ruin us for two years you know you're making shitload of money you think it's the greatest thing ever and yeah. in that respect it was but as a, a radio entertainer you know damn well and there was no internet Back then, to speak of, uh-uh. so you disappear, you fucking disappear. You, you have to be in the public's eye or you're gone. And we knew two years a long fucking time to have people remember who you are. Yeah, uh, so that was scary. That
0: part got pretty goddamn scary. Um, so uh, so we, what was the XM contract like? So do you hear about Sirius, you hear about Sirius, you hear about XM, and you go, "Yo Bob, can you get us on that? <laughs> he pretty much came to us with it we didn't even think we thought of satellite radio like radio jail are you and are you are you in opie talking about like what do you think about omaha yeah by the way i by the way i gotta stop what i just said because todd and tyler are my good friends Uh, and they're in in omaha and but i didn't mean i just i was thinking for a fucking by the way i'm so sorry (laughs) i love todd and tyler but like are you thinking like what about uh like tampa Yeah, we were
3: thinking thinking all that shit. Like, like, what are we going to do? But we were really damaged goods at that point. We were like, people had started caring about shock jocks doing wacky shit. Uh, And uh, no one wanted to pick us up. We were too hot to handle on terrestrial radio at that point. So that's when satellite radio came calling. Uh, XM, uh, after
0: two years or year and a half who's the guy was. who's was the guy at xm at the time uh what the hell was his name uh, i want to hear i sa- i want to say i feel like i, I heard his oh, name a eric, million times eric logan. eric logan. eric logan yeah eric logan who later didn't to work with uh, elo went to work with oprah
4: um
3: and by the way surfs all the time now yeah now he's he's i guess the executive at surf magazine yeah he yeah. left
0: he left oprah to go and do the how the, the fuck do thing. i know this isn't it crazy dude you know what it is i got into a spiral of all-year-old interns mm uh uh steve from yosemite yes (laughs) and he he passed away right yeah yeah i'm I'm, tragic i committed suicide i I, there's a guy who does videos about you guys uh who posted one of the videos and i i got into a deep dive yeah yeah you could there's a lot there there's a lot there so so you 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 and oprah talking about our alternate Options. Yeah, we would try. We were talking about any anything. If anyone wants a drink, please take a drink. I'm no so sorry, one <laughs> but go ahead, keep going.
3: Because no one wanted, no one wanted us. Yeah. Uh, but satellite was this new thing, and we were looking. Uh, we heard about it, so me and Oprah were hanging out one afternoon, and we're kind of looking at the, the street, the highway, uh, Belt Parkway, right by my house in Brooklyn yeah. at the time. And uh, we're going, let's see how many of these antennas we could see. Because they used to be big shark fin antennas on your car. I for had them on my car. Yeah, yeah, for a satellite. So you had, like, you had to get it installed. Yeah. A wiring. Oh, yeah. A, yeah. It was a mess to get these things in the cars. So we wanted to see, like, you know, we came from a giant fm audience on a major new york radio station so it's pretty important to talk to a lot of people and we saw sorry that's my uh my my your your tap it's a sponsor awesome and uh so we're looking and like we go oh there's one one (laughs) yeah there's another one it was so depressing to think like we were going to be talking to no one um but it was the start of something. We had a, you know, we had a, uh, a start somewhere again, restart the A yeah. show. And, um, yeah, we, we signed with, uh, XM.
0: Uh, I think that was 2004, something like that. Was it before four? then? It was before. Th- Wait, 2000. 2000- yeah. only, I only say that. I take that back. One, I had, I had a white, uh, Yukon Denali. I at think the it time. was 2004. I had Georgia was born in 2004. Yeah. I was still featuring for Jay Moore. Uh, we had just done Sacra- we'd done San Francisco, when we were driving home. Wow! And I had, and he hadn't really gotten on to Sirius XM. And by the way, my memory is wrong. So if Jay d- disputes this, then go to his memory on this. But, right. but uh, my, I had gotten Sirius XM. We were listening to the Comedy Channel, and he heard Dwight Slade for the first time uh-huh. and was laughing. His, and we were both laughing hysterically. <laughs> I remember these guys flew past us at, at like hundred miles an hour, and I looked at him. and I go, "What is it, Cannonball Run out here?" And he laughed hysterically. <laughs> Cannonball Run, dude. Those were the fu- Those uh, that was a fucking different time in my life, and yeah, yeah. And that's when I introduced him to. I guess maybe that maybe that's when he introduced me to you guys, and then I introduced him to Ron and to Fez. Ron and Fez. yeah, Bennington.
3: Yeah, it was uh, we we hooked up with uh, XM. And uh, started doing that show, and again, it was supposed to be—you know, this is uncensored. It's going to be great, amazing, it was totally uncensored, totally uncensored. And then we realized, oh, it's not. <laughs> oh, it's not. Okay. It wasn't? Well, we could say things, you know, you could say all the curse words that were verboten on uh, FM radio, but yeah. as far as content went, uh, they really started pulling the reins on it, especially when it merged to Sirius XM. Uh, then, but that was a while, right? It was. It was a while. We got a few really good years at XM where we were doing some crazy shit. The wiffle ball bat challenge, where various girls would come in and we would challenge them to uh, insert a wiffle ball bat uh, inside them, and we'd mark it off how deep they could get it. And then at the end of the year, we'd give out a trophy to the girl that uh, got the notch uh, the closest to the middle of the bat. <laughs>
0: Uh, it, I it mean, was nuts it's, it's a different it's like oh, it's almost like listening to your grandfather talk
3: right right oh you have no idea you don't know what it was like but it was it was insane like that and yeah now even satellite digital podcast you can't do that you will get in trouble
0: somehow some oh, way. oh yeah well they, you were you were gone from uh society so if your first if your first firing was like your first breaking your heart where you're like I'll never fall in love again. Yeah, yeah. I feel I like I I'm, I'm 17. What am I gonna do? I'm dirty goods. I guess. I, I guess I moved back in with my parents. And then your second firing was like, was like, oh, we're still fuck buddies. Yeah, like yeah. we're still fuck buddies. But I, I, gotta figure out my next move. Right. What was the one where it was just you?
3: Yeah, that was the 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 worst one because uh, yeah, it was just me. Every other time it was me and Opie getting fired, so we both. You know take that brand that ona brand and just go somewhere else and yeah. hopefully someone picks us up uh yeah we had at least that going for us uh when it's just me getting fired uh that was a problem uh, and uh again you know not, i'm not trying to drag anybody into any OP bashing because i wouldn't do that but
0: the it bottom bu- line it bums me out it, it bums me out it makes okay uh, let me be fair mm-hmm. it makes me giggle when I hear sometimes when I hear you guys go at each other, yeah, yeah, because because I, I just it's like it's almost like listening to your sisters fight, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then but then but it bums me out when people like when I watched the pests revert to oh, Jim and Opie, God. I was like I was like guys, like and by the way I didn't know what happened behind the scenes I didn't know right, any right. of that I was take I was I just knew what all you guys were sharing, yeah. And I know Jim and I know Opie and it was and and I and it it bummed me out because I was like. I was like, I'm just go support and also, yeah, yeah. Like go support, like, I, like I'm, I didn't get, I just got your subscription also, and I was like, I'll listen to all of them now. Now I got one more thing to listen to, right? Yeah. Like, but, but I know that it, it was kind contentious. I know all of that, yeah. So I don't yeah. want to support any Opie bashing. But you were saying, no. And I, yeah, no, it was just like at that point, I, I what I thought there would be uh, support from the show from Opie. Um, did you think? The, did you think everyone was going to go? Party lines have been drawn, guys you take us, you take us or you, or you, or we, or we all leave. Yeah. I thought that. And not because of me,
3: not because, Hey, you know, you owe me this as a, the brand itself, like just to continue that, I think um, it would have been easier for all involved to just continue the Opie and Anthony show somewhere uh, instead of uh, busting it up. But um, I think Opie had had it at that point. I don't know why, um, you know, Because I, I had to. We
0: just weren't... What was the thing? We like, weren't what was banging on all that,
3: cylinders at that point.
0: It, it, man, it was so uncomfortable being with you guys. Yeah,
3: yeah. It just wasn't uh, what it was. I think there was a little resentment in there. Me and Jimmy were really kind of just... We would go off and just laugh till we cried about stuff. And Opie was pretty much pressing the buttons at that point. And I think uh, when the fans would say how funny something was, uh, and it was just me and Jimmy doing it... He he, kind of resented that. I yeah. think he wanted to steer the show, like we what he's doing now, into more of a, you know, American kind of wholesome, more of a wholesome thing than the O and A show. But that O and A
0: stink doesn't wash off that easy. I got I got <laughs> I got to be fair in that when I first did OP show by himself, I had so much fun, and you mm-hmm. realized that it was so funny interacting with each of you independently. Right. So I've done that now. Entirely acted with each of you independently. Yeah. And to, it's, it's um I, I, mean, I have to pay the compliment, but it's like watching, it's like working with virtuosos <laughs> and, and, and seeing each of their talents. Like o, Opie was, there are times when you go, oh, this is so Opie. <laughs> like, I yeah. I, and, and you'd have fun with it. You go, oh, this is what he does so good. Yeah. Like I yeah. remember he, I remember one time we were talking about crying. I said, I'll cry if I watch the Time Traveler's Wife. And, and 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 you just see Opie, he put, perks up. No, no, someone grab the ending. Someone grab the put the ending. And in my head, I'm like, this is not going to be as funny as you think it's going to be. <laughs> and like, it's going to be a really weird to watch a grown man cry. And Sherrod <laughs> turned his back to me. He wouldn't look at me. And then Opie was like, oh. But it was like, it's, it's you know, and then when we did your show last time and then I watched you, you're so fucking quick. You are so fucking quick that you're literally... And, and by the way, I am quick as fuck. Yeah. I do this for a living and I'm no. just literally, it's like, it's like watching one of those and one <laughs> highlight tapes working with you and Dave's quick as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Dave's great, man. And then when you work with Jimmy and you see him throw a joke, like you, you get on Sam and Jim, Jim and Sam, and you'll hear the setup being said and you'll be doing the math in your head of going like, and then and jimmy will just spit it out <laughs> yeah, way quicker yeah, yeah and then look at you like you didn't even see that bounce pass <laughs> it really is. yeah yeah yeah
3: i mean obviously the three of us uh, worked very well together um, even if we weren't getting along you still did it, i didn't i didn't well. know. i didn't know a lot of people didn't uh so yeah i i, I don't know i i felt um I felt a, a little resentment there about the the lack of support after the fire. But I think all of us I, did. I'd I I I say that
0: I'd say that, like as a fan, I think all of us did. Yeah, all of us were like, "So where do they go now?" Yeah, yeah. And then when we saw you go off, we went, "Okay, it seems a little natural. We're all doing our own things now." Yeah, he's already set up to do this. He's been doing it already. Yep. And and but I think I think all of us were like, ugh. Yeah, I felt a little weird about it, and, and
3: I, I was resentful uh, of it for a while. I, in hindsight, I kind of do understand that you know it's like the Gavin thing. It's just kind of impossible, even if you know who the person is, to you know hitch your wagon to somebody that uh, is being perceived this way mm-hmm. um, negatively. Uh, so how frustrating is that? Uh,
0: it's to the, be perceived. Some it's way when the you're most not-
3: frustrating thing ever. There's nothing you can do about it. There's no recourse. Um, if you try to explain yourself, uh, in everyone's eyes, you're just making excuses. They already know what you are. You're just trying to make excuses. And it's like, the media loves grabbing things and twisting it. Now social media just grabs things and it's it's complete dishonesty and misinformation. And I thought... If, if you told me about social media back when I was a kid in the 70s, 80s, whatever, I would have thought, like anyone else, that it would be this miraculous thing that we can all communicate and it'll be, bring people together and share ideas and uh, ideologies and, and tech and everything. And it has just turned into this disaster of bullying and shitting on everybody who's doing something uh, that you're not doing or can't do, Uh, everyone sucks and and is a piece of shit and it's one of the worst things i think to happen to society i really think social media especially to you know i i came into it pretty late in life social media came came on on the scene but a kid like that this has been their whole life how the fuck do you deal with that at least parents used to be able to see the scumbag come to the door and knock and you go who is that Who's this piece of shit that is coming over to hang out with you? And that, you know, they're being bullied, called thing, degraded, whatever it is. It's horrible. I think the percentage of of good to bad is literally 99.9% bad, 0.1% kitten and puppy videos, which is the only good thing to happen to the internet. It's the only thing I actually go, oh. That's good. Yeah. I send them to Missy. I'm like, look at this adorable one, and everything
0: else is terrible, or 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 propaganda, and that's where I yeah, fall that's into. a good. That I am too. a hardcore propaganda guy. Like I, I end up, I end up. Sometimes I go like, I like, I'll, I'll stop myself from shooting because I'm very, very into Instagram, and I, I like, I just, it's an interest. It's like, it's like the way you took to. I'd watch you take to a medium and really kind of love it and have fun with it. Right, I got. I'm into that. I'm still into that. And Instagram is one of those ones where it's like, Insta stories. I dig, and I and I dig shooting videos and editing them and putting cool music in them and promoting tour yeah, dates or a tour. People love it. And but um, but it. The other day, I looked at uh, I looked at Twitter. I was laying. I, I first thing I wake up, and it's probably three in the morning, and I. Um not going back to sleep. I grab my phone and my brain goes, There's nothing good inside there. It's just bad thoughts. <laughs> There's
4: nothing good inside it's there. It's just
0: bad thoughts, man. You you run the risk, you roll the dice of a someone going, Hey man, I loved your special versus uh, Hey man, you're a fat fuck. You're a piece of shit. There you go. And then and then I go, It's gonna be fine. And I click on Twitter and I, I just open the thing and it just first thing is fucking horrible and i went <laughs> i go why you would you do this i was like why would you do this and i just put my phone down and i go i wanted to write how do i block myself on twitter <laughs> yeah because i don't I want to block me from twitter that's it that's exactly what i went through
3: I, I i finally got blocked by twitter permanently and i i'm happier about that as far as not being able to see so much of the shit uh i still see some shit but for the most part I don't get to see it. I won't look at reviews. I won't look at it because I know the trolls just fucking love to shit on you. It's it's a it's a shitty fucking environment. It'll, to, it'll to happen. It'll in. happen
0: even on this video, um, because because we didn't come out and absolutely condemn gavin of course people will just be like these are all right fucking lunatics yeah yeah by the way i voted for hillary i voted for obama <laughs> i voted for my this year i didn't vote because my wife voted for me she was like i don't trust you she was, <laughs> so she's i was like are we voting and she goes no honey you already voted i go what she goes oh yeah i said you i got you a write-in ballot i already sent it in you're good and so, but the joke I made at a dinner party was, I vote Democrat, I root Republican. Yeah. And, and she was like, that's not funny. <laughs> but uh, but, but yeah, it's like, it's uh, the, even the comments here, and you can't control them. You can't control them. No. And you can't no. disable them because once you disable them, they know you're reading them. Right. And you're I like, no. Ah, you just no. got to
4: leave them alone. Keith, well, two days ago, we, were, we went out, we had lunch. Mm, and oh my God, yeah. So- the scooters. You know, we saw it on the South Park episode about the scooters all over. All these it, stupid it was, scooters around. Yeah. So, it was hysterical. And I'm like, come on, get on the scooter. So, Ant gets on the scooter and I periscoped it. You know, everyone wants to see it. We're having a good time yeah. and everything. So, we periscope it and we periscope going. We went to Zen, the weed store. Right? So, I periscoped it and we're in Zen. So, while we're in the store... I'll, well, I didn't see it because I had to take a horrible shit and I had to run across <laughs> to IHOP and go to the bathroom. Yeah. But I come back, I text my wife, and she's like, "You better come back over here." People started calling Zen and saying there was a white supremacist in the store, and this, in this store. and one of the guys was a fan. Yeah, that was the working the there, and fan. this this poor black girl was taking these phone calls, like, what? what? Because what? what?
3: There's nice people
4: in here. Wait, I, what's going on? And
3: they look at Angie and go, "You're the white
4: supremacist." They thought I was the white
0: supremacist. Yeah, <laughs> it, would great, it would be great. It would be great if you could, trolls. if you could grab, if you grab, if you grab those trolls. Yeah. And just go, hey man, you're killing it, man. You're killing it. Your 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 powers are being reused wrongly, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, we need you to do this for pedophiles. Right. Right. Like, yeah, do it for let's, that. Let's, let's, let's light for... up like registered sex offenders. Let's right, let's, like because because. They're, I think their intentions are honestly good. They're just misinformed. No, some of these motherfuckers are just out
3: to ruin people's lives. Are they like really? Yes. Yes. There are some people out there who are out to destroy someone's life. They're, you know, whether it's out of jealousy, their own miserable existence. It gives them an element of power. I think there's a subsection of ONA fans that are children of a divorce from ONA and they're they're clamoring for attention from uh, both of us by uh, striking out it's it's beyond reason what I see I don't give a shit what you write for the most part I never see it anymore I don't search it out I'm off of social media but when you start affecting my actual life and my family's lives like my brother's gigs getting canceled because they call up a venue that he's playing at and say, "Oh, he's a nazi." And you know, and and even if the club owner he's been told so many times, "Look, I know you're not." I can but I just can't take the chance that, really that people are going to... so many times. He's lost tens of thousands of dollars uh because people uh call up the venues and and uh, say bullshit to to the uh, club owners it it, once you step out of the realm of the internet uh, and calling me an asshole and a dick and unfunny whatever it is and then once you move on to real life that's when i lose my fucking mind that really happens oh yeah i've found some of the people and done the exact same thing to them i've i've sent uh texts and emails to places of employment saying that you got a guy here's the things he's doing he's Uh, bullying and uh, targeted harassment Uh, and I just put it out there and then they go, whoa, this prick Anthony, look what he's doing, he's doxing people and this, fuck you I'll dox the shit out of it. I don't care if they're fucking with me, I'm not going to do it if you call me an asshole online, but like I said the second you take it off of the internet and it becomes real life, I can't
0: what am I supposed to do? You're fucking with my family. That's so Let's, you yeah. know, it's like I thought that was like I thought that was only the shit that happened to like uh, Milo Yannanopoulos. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, it's it. Happens. And, and by the way, I thought I thought that that free speech was to the point where they're like, no, we'll let them speak, and they're going to oh, protest. And that's just free speech. See, man, I'm gone. really I'm really bad at like I'm I'm really bad. I'm the worst person to talk about anything political because I just don't. I read the headline right, and then I go, ah, I'm dyslexic, <laughs> whatever. And so I don't know anything about like. Even the Gavin stuff that just went on, I kind, I kind of was like he disavowed the Proud Boys. I was like, yeah, whatever. And then I was like, cool. I think that I don't like. I'm not a big fan of violence, and I'm not a fan of confrontation. Uh-huh. So like the whole Antifa Vi- Proud Boy thing, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I wish you guys would both fucking stop. It's like, just like cosplaying Comic Con. But it's, it's so silly because shields. They're ident. <laughs> it sounds like they're identical human beings, and that <laughs> yeah. they just want to fight. And they both are idealistic, and they're both out of their fucking minds. Yeah, and, and I'm like, hey guys. Can you take this somewhere else? Because I I want to walk down the street. I don't want to walk <laughs> into a riot. Like I, right, I'm right. just I'm so non-confrontational. I just want to be able to do my thing. Yeah, yeah. Have a few beers. Wouldn't that be nice, dude? It's I'm, so
3: weird that we're living in some strange times where you know just a a, a difference of ideology is a reason to get violent and and to literally try to remove someone from society, destroy reputations and whatever. And, and it's all like split up into two teams that just want to see the other team completely decimated when you don't realize, you know, you're, it's the same team. Same team. Yeah, We're all, I think we all pretty much want the same stuff in general. There's extremists on both sides that are batshit crazy. That, you know, I, I see people on the right that uh, are, are extremely intolerant. And I see people on the left that have gone loony in not allowing people free speech like that. And it used to be the other way around. I mean, you know, the conservative Republicans were the ones that the PMRC, remember years ago, they wanted labels on the records and rap lyrics. And this is yeah. devil's shit and it's killing people. And now the liberals seem to be the ones that are like, oh, Ann Coulter's is going to be at the college. She's going to speak. No, she's not. They shut her down. They're not going to allow her to speak. It's like, well, what, what are you scared of? let her talk and and but it seems like a lot of these uh liberal groups don't want conservatives to even speak i don't like what's happening to language these everything's getting twisted around um the the bastardization of uh of the the language and um taking something someone said knowing what they said and meant and then twisting it into something completely different and then it just becomes the new truth and again yeah. there's no recourse. You can't do anything. Yeah.
0: I it's I've creepy. dealt with that firsthand and that yeah. really that it bums you out cuz you're like you're like bro you you listen to the clip. You know what the fuck I said? You know what I said? You know what I You know exactly. You know exactly yeah, yeah. what I said and you 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 found a gotcha moment. Yep. And then you put it in slow motion so that so that it, all context was taken out of it. Yeah. I, it really bums you out. I've disassociated myself with it a tad bit. I've just said everything's. I, I, this sounds really crazy, but I go everything's fake news. Right. Everyone can take. Every, I've, t- I've spoken so much on podcasts. I've spoken so much. I've I have so much media out there, so much content that you can ruin me in a <laughs> you second. Could cobble together something that would seem I've, like. I've, I've I've said three things in this podcast that I have already thought that'll be taken already out of already right. Yeah, because yeah. I know because I know that there are fans of yours that hate my guts. Yeah, yeah, they hate and, my guts and, and, uh, yeah. because <laughs> because maybe I wasn't vocal enough when in the split up, or maybe I didn't pick sides. Oh, I know that God. I know that that happened to I know that happened to Bill. I know that happened to everyone. Is yeah, that yeah. No one picks sides quick enough, and so I, and so I, and part of me goes like, part of me goes, dude. For so many fucking hours of my life, you gave me like fucking just joy, <laughs> where I giggled hard as fuck, and then I was like, and I was like, dude. I, you gotta stand by the people that you love and the, the, the people that you've you've been fans of and and all all the shit that went around with you. I was like, same thing as taken out of context. I go, yeah, but I've I've been listening to the guy for fucking ten years. Yeah, like, yeah. I know this guy. Yeah. I know, I'm I'm good friends with his best comedic foil, Patrice. I knew Patrice. Yeah, yeah. I and Patrice did not hang out with racists.
3: No, uh, we would you know. And by the would... way, Patrice was racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> patrice <laughs> was hilarious man like yeah as far as
0: being racist like he was, he, he, was the, he was the best he would say things that were real to you yeah yeah and you just couldn't deny them and no. you just and you'd be like i remember one time I, we were in scotland i know i've told you this but we, were me and patrice were in scotland and he i said dude we've been there a month together me him and voss i was i've been doing comedy a year and six months and I go, I'm so glad that we became friends. He goes, bitch, I'm not your friend.
3: <laughs> the motherfucker.
0: I go, excuse me. He goes, oh, don't get your feelings hurt. <laughs> I don't want you to get feelings about. Th- oh, come on. He goes, Can I'm you not your friend. Go- he goes, he goes, listen, man. If I pull, if I fly into LAX next week, and I call you at the airport, and I say I need you to run down and pick me up. Are you gonna pick me up? I was like, probably not. And he was like, then we're not friends. Oh shit. He goes, we're just two dudes who work together, who like each other. That's it. Wow, and I was like, okay, I was like, all, all right. right, guess I got to be good with that. And then I went to a Showtime taping, and I brought like 15 people, and uh, and 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 I came up to him after the show, and I think Gary Goldman was on that show. Uh, Todd Glass was doing warm up, and I said to Patrice, he was like, and we we just hung out and he just booked this, and he's like, what are you doing out here? And I said, we came out to see you. I brought everyone, and he was like, you did that for me, and I was uh. like, of course. I go, Patrice. We're friends. We're friends.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no Patrice got it, you know. He he understands that it's so uh the the word racist, sexist, homophobic, everything. It gets thrown around too much. Yeah, there are those people out there, and it's terrible. Uh, but they're out there and and there's no way you're getting rid of a hundred percent of them but you don't have to make it seem like there's one around every corner and any difference in opinion as far as sexuality or race goes or heritage or anything it doesn't me- make that person this evil racist that yeah. uh and as a matter of fact gavin brought up something once he goes would you go into a bar and sit down uh and uh, there's a black guy next to you and uh if someone goes hey look at the look at the game up there the yankees are winning or something no one ever turns around and goes fuck you you and, and just starts blurting out racial epithets at the guy yeah. everyone just goes yeah yeah we're going you know watching that like there are there are so many of these horrible races that would just turn around and go i'm not speaking to you because you're this or that yeah. or the other thing there's like there's, it, we get along pretty well but in this I society do think,
0: i do think i think here's my different of opinion than that I think there's mm-hmm. a lot more people that are racist than know they're racist like I got into an argument with a lady the other night not ladies to my age but uh, I make sound old <laughs> this, this old lady she said uh, I'm not racist we we're at a dinner party uh, at a friend's house and I started giggling and I'm a little high and you know you see things sideways and I go you don't get to pick that <laughs> she goes what and I go you can't just say here down we Decide if you're racist. I mean, that's how it works. Like, we'll pick your behaviors and we'll watch them. Then the night we'll behind your back go, "Oh, she's racist," <laughs> and she was outraged because she's obviously a fucking car carrying, hardcore liberal, far right liberal, far left liberal, and she got really exacerbated at the idea that she didn't get to define <laughs> that's her. Funny. And I and and I just went, "No, that's how it is. That's how it. That's how it works." Yeah. And but but there is, I do think, I personally think there are more racist people than not. I think some people don't recognize it. I feel like, I feel like, um, I I feel like me, I can only speak for myself, but as a comic, you, you try to watch so much shit on the inside. Yeah. That you're a little like the way people get triggered as a comic, you get triggered in a comedic way where you're like, you're like, I don't think you know what you just said, but, (laughs) but I, but I think you're right. I don't think I'm, I'm always, I always get blown away by these like, uh, uh, permit Patty videos. You know that? Mm. Mm. pointless (laughs) pointless <laughs> it's it's the people that call the cops on black people oh right right like it's, oh, a, it's oh, a big okay. trend yeah, 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 yeah. and i'm yeah. like and then they get lit up online their lives get destroyed oh, yeah. for being racist I, i'm always like i'm always like we're, we're only getting one side of the view i by the way i never watch the videos so I, I shouldn't be speaking about it at all i just why i just see the headline and then i just read the fucking comments right and yeah, it's just yeah. destroying <laughs> a fucking <laughs> human brutal. and you and you go like i'm always fascinated by that side i'm always i'm I feel like as a comic you just sit back in the cut and just watch it and go like ooh like I think I I mean I, you've have as, probably as many friends of color as I do mm-hmm. and they always say it's fuck, most the most fucked up shit you ever heard. Oh yeah yeah yeah.
3: I've you know I, and I don't care like it doesn't it Does, doesn't bother yeah. me at all especially in the context of comedy. Like the, yes. the the context of comedy, and I'm not saying that that
0: gives everyone a free pass to to be a horrible. person. I've definitely person. seen guys cross the line in comedy. Right, right. Where you're like, we're like, easy, bro. I think right. you're missing the point, right. and I don't think you're meant to be like, a comic. Like Michael Richards, let's say. Dude, no, 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 <laughs> no. There was I, a guy. There I'm was kidding. a guy. No, this is the best one. This is the best <laughs> one. When I first started out, me and Dimitri were doing, Martin were doing stand up, and there was this guy that was hardcore Italian. It's from like Bensonhurst, and someone, and he goes, uh, so I'm living in the city. And someone goes, uh, Chelsea? And he goes, I ain't no faggot. Oh, shit. And everyone woo. And, and he goes, easy, guys. I'm a comedian. And we were like, no. Oh, you can't just pass
3: that off as that a comedian. That it. That fixes everything. Yeah. But uh, in the context of comedy, I think uh, you have to allow a lot more latitude than you would a politician saying it or your doctor or something else. There yeah. is a, a, a parody. There is satire. um, that that transcends racism or sexism or anything like that it's it's a joke and some horrific topics can be made very funny and that has to be allowed uh i, I last night we were at the comedy store and i'm really kind of seeing a pushback and it's good it's refreshing yeah. I mean, you know, Rogan was there last night and just Rogan toes that uh, line. We saw his so special perfectly.
0: which was hilarious. Dude, his special's fucking amazing. And it's
3: so good. And then last night, all new stuff that he's working out. And again, hilarious. And he can work that line where some other comics would be getting
0: oh from the crowd and they're laughing their balls off. Well, I think it's part of it's part of like uh I mean and maybe not maybe you didn't get the, the same leniency Joe gets, but it's part of the thing is that the majority I mean Joe's podcast is the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah. And we all know him so intimately. Yeah. He shares fucking 12 hours of content a week and shares his opinions on things. Joe Rogan is not racist. Mm-mm. Way way beyond way beyond not racist. He's not alt-right. He's not misogynist. Mm-hmm. He's he's a father, he's a he's a passionate MMA fan, he's a comic and not in that order. I'm just saying these yeah. are the things he is. And he's a guy. And he's an open-minded <laughs> – he's, th- he's But he's also a dude yeah, he's who's a got dude. a dick. Right. And, and, like, <laughs> yeah. and like, that's part of the thing. Of course. And, but I think <laughs> so many of us have listened to so many hours of content that whenever he says something, we go, "It's a, we know the guy. We know right. the guy. And I think some comics get that quicker. Like a guy like Jesselnik takes it and goes into a little bit of a character mode. Yeah. Uh, and you go, okay, it, it, uh, we got it. But I with a guy like so. Burr or Rogan or – or Ari or Joey or Tommy or any of my friends at least I'll say is that they put so much content out you know the person and yeah. I think when that all that happened with you I think there were some serious tones in what you said but I think all of us were like yeah we know this guy like we've we've all been listening to this guy mm-hmm. you know and I think that was the I think that was a little bit the frustrating part as a fan of the show for yeah, so yeah yeah that and that happens and
3: again once that snowball rolls down that hill poof <laughs> You can't stop it.
0: <laughs> you can stop so, it. i I feel like what you're doing right now is such great content. like it's, it's, you and Dave are so good are so good together and it's and it's i I don't i I just had so much fucking fun on your show. It was such a
3: blast and and that is true. I think initially I was a little
0: lost as far as what I was supposed to do well, alone. Part, part of it was part of it was a lot of people wanted something out of you right. I think I think. And and uh, and I think you you personally were finding your feet about who you were as a host. That was the biggest thing I noticed yeah. was that that like you had never been the host. That you was you the were the host part. You were like you. I I don't drive the ship. I'm great with. Fucking pass me the ball, pass right back, pass me the ball, shoot. I can dunk, I can do everything, but I don't dribble down. I don't take the ball out of bounds. Yeah, that's not what I do. I don't know what to do.
3: I was that guy that when I was done, I was able to you know grab my beverage or check my phone while someone else did the the hosting
0: thing. Yeah. You were like 32 points, 32 assists. Not too bad. Right guys. And everyone's like, no, that was fucking amazing.
3: That, that was it. Uh, So it took me a while to really find it. And what I wanted to do initially, I was very political. It was a very political show. I tried to make it fun and funny. um, But I I went too far that way. And uh, with a co-host, especially bringing Artie on um, for that eight months, which was, you know, hilariously funny, but yeah. also uh, somewhat tragic, uh, oh, y- you know.
0: Can we- I tell you, he, he, I was texting with some friends and uh, and I was, and I got like an alert on my phone and it's like, Ar- like verify people, Artie Lang just followed you. And I go, shut the fuck, Artie Lang just followed me. And I text my friends, Artie Lang just followed me. And they write back, he must be on drugs. Oh, God. And then I go on his thing and it's clearly he's about to go to rehab. He's Clearly, oh. either that or he's getting off drugs. It it was a few weeks ago. It was like right when everything started to go down. Right, I was like, yeah. "Motherfucker, that's when he finds me." <laughs> but you were saying I didn't hate. To but interrupt. no, no, please, yeah. it's a conversation. Already, already. Yeah, when he came on
3: board, even a little bit before that. But when he came on board, it was it was really like now. This is just going to be a fun show. Like we're barely going to touch on anything serious. Yeah, uh, and that's pretty much what we did. Uh, and then with Dave on board we talk about Trump and politics and news of the day, but it's in no way this really hardcore opinion-based diatribe that I would go on early on. You know, I would sit there and really pound the table about politics. And, and while I really mean it and I'm passionate about a lot of um, things that, that I see going on in the world, uh, there's a place for it. There's a show for it. And my show just really isn't that place. It's more of a, you know, Let's have some fun. And that's what the show is now. I think a lot of people still have this uh, idea that I'm still there, you know, yeah. Democrats, and, but yeah. it's just not the case. It's a, There's a lot of fun thing. You know, like you said, when you were on, uh, we we didn't go into I, I any. Think, I don't think we talked politics at no, all. No, right. no. We barely touched <laughs> any of the show prep. It was, it was pretty much just let's goof and. You know, talk and converse like uh, guys would. So that's more of uh, the show I like doing
0: and, and what we're doing now over there. Now, what's the future of Compound Media? Because I look at this business paradigm and I go, there's so much potential. Mm-hmm. There's so much potential for so many things. And I, I remember when O&A was blowing up <laughs> with radio and with Sirius XM, and you guys were being brought so many projects. And I know that you have a brain for technology. And for content, content first. Yeah, what do you think? Like, where do you see Compound Media going? And do do you see like making your own? Like, I know Patreon's what some people do, but like making your own content behind a paywall, where you're making funny video, like, like what is the? F- I'm basically I'm looking for the answer of what I'm gonna do. Yeah, yeah. It's weird because the 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 model
3: changes with time. Technology is it goes out of style in a course of months in this day and age like the shit that we were using and doing uh five years ago or almost five years ago when we started doing this whole thing uh is completely out of whack it's it's and even the model how you distribute the show uh has to be adjusted uh time and again um obviously behind a paywall you're not getting as many people as you would if it was just out there Uh, But the trade-off is, again, I don't have to depend on sponsors. Um, We're we're looking for some kind of hybrid in there where um, we can get more people on board, maybe a two-tiered thing where you get some content and then premium content behind the paywall Uh, because it is changing and there are a lot of choices out there and you can never take for granted that people can find other things. So I think trying to find some kind of hybrid model between paywall and um, Sponsor-based, maybe something like that. Uh, also, as far as content goes, just more people that appreciate and are able to use a platform that is truly open. And you know, Aaron and Gino that do in hot water in the morning on our platform—they push it so fucking far to the edge that I sit there sometimes and go, "Oh fuck, wow, yeah, that's brutal." And but I love it. I, I love it because it's that's what this is for. That's what this platform is for—to to put everything out there, go balls out. So more shows like that that want to do a show like that and appreciate that freedom that you know isn't out there in a lot of places. There are a lot of too many bosses and too many board members and public shareholders and. You know, I was talking about regular radio, how it got fucked from the time when we were in Boston at AAF. Um, I knew the guy, Mister Zappis, that owned the company. It was a guy, and he would come to the station and shake yeah. your hand, and that was the boss. Yeah. And then all these conglomerates bought up all these radio stations, made radio divisions from uh, a, a company that had nothing to do with radio. So then, before you know it, you say something. And a boss is yelling at you because what you said is going to affect diaper sales for Procter and Gamble because they're part of the same conglomerate. Yeah. And once that starts happening, you're done. You're not going to be. A, you're not going to have freedom to do anything. Yeah. So I want that ultimate freedom to do and say whatever the fuck someone wants to. Uh, you know, in context, I'm not talking about having a Third Reich, uh, Nuremberg speech, uh, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on there, but. To to in the context, especially like I said, comedy. I want to be able to say whatever the fuck, and uh, that's always going to be uh, the the future of of
0: compound media. I think it's it's um, Adam. I remember Adam Carolla saying it, and I, I remember wanting it. And he was like, "I've got my own pirate ship." Yeah. That's what he says. Yep, And I love it. I loved hearing that because I was like, I want my own pirate yeah, ship. I want a pirate ship. Who I want a pirate it? ship. Yeah. Pirate ship's cool. <laughs> I, want find, I want to find my fans and I want them to dig what I do. And I right. want them to, uh, you know, I always say like my fans aren't cunts. Like they're just cool people who like, even when you fuck up, I remember, I remember I've said some fu- very fucked up things on this podcast, like regrettable fucked up things. Uh-huh. I was like, leave them in. It's who I am. Right. I don't, I don't have, I don't have any regrets. I am a I am a bro, I am a person in progress, and and I've I've had people reach out to me on Twitter and be like yo like yo man, that was really fucked up what you said, and and not even knowing that I said that it was fucked up I was drunk or whatever I text back and yeah. they're like they're like here's why I thought it was fucked up and they tell me and I go that is pretty fucked up, and they're like don't pull it down yeah. man I you know I think it's part of the it's it's one of the coolest things about at least about my podcast is that I think people. They grow with you and they appreciate the fact that you are doing it for free, that they are getting it for free, save for the fucking 30 minutes of ad reads I do. <laughs> but, um, but it, it, and it's one of the really cool things about what you do is that you got no boss. Like there's yeah. no, like. It's, it really is like, I get obviously
3: some opinions and suggestions from Mr. Maresca over here. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're all, um it's, it's a logical there's a reason behind him asking me you know hey why don't you lay off of that or this or whatever um there's reasons for it you know he'll go through a shitload of emails and see ah we're getting some gripes about this that or the other thing yeah and i understand that the thing is and and you brought up a great point about that where people say wow you fucked up it's an element of danger there it's dangerous and it's supposed to be sometimes you're flying by the seat of your pants there's no net I go out live every day. That's a live fucking broadcast. Yeah. I can't cut anything out in hindsight before we post it. Believe me, 80 fucking, 80 trolls will screen cap and cap whatever the fuck I did yeah. and put it out there and, and say, wow, look at you. You're a piece of shit. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's weird.
0: It's weird that they're, it is that, weird, that, right? that they're part of your business yes. model. That you're like, yes, I don't get it either. Like, hey guys, subscribe. I appreciate
3: the fucking monthly payment. <laughs> Thanks, thank you. Uh, this piece of shit really yeah. <laughs> likes that you're on board. Uh, but it it's that element of danger that I really like, and I think the people that are listening and watching should enjoy that too, and not be so quick to want to destroy you if you fuck up. Look, yeah. you said something; it was uh, off color, or or it didn't come out right. It didn't come out right. Like that's, that's all. pretty much what what it is. And you have to appreciate when you're doing a live show like that too, that shit like that's going to happen. Uh, I, I, I'm i not even going to uh, uh, sit here and try to say I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> you know, it's, it's what it is. Yeah. So, you know, mistakes will be made. But again, it's part of the fucking whole product. So I like it. I like when shit goes out there and you're like, oh, Christ, that was, you know, people are going to get on that uh, to a point, you know, yeah. unless... It, it, the people are trying to use it to to ruin you. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I'll t- I'll tell you. I. I've I've seen I've seen a, a few uh, attempts at ruining character, and and yours is probably <laughs> one of the one of the strongest ones I've seen. And this is before public shaming is what it is today. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It was, I mean, it was almost the very front and yeah. And to see where you are today, I I'm, I go. I, I, it's one of the things I, I I'm always respect, and I, I talked to Kroll about it, and I was like, when you got fired from your radio show, like what was the first conversation you had with your wife? And he was like, he was like, first thing I said was, what do you think our monthly nut is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just a really interesting thing, or interesting journey for every person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'll let you guys get out of here. I want I have two questions. I have two questions. Very simple. Take your time if you need to answer them. Number one is, uh, uh, I'll tell you the two questions. You can pick which order you want to answer them. Okay. Right. Number one is. I'm intrigued. Favorite moment. If you could go back in time and live that one show again with Opie and Anthony, whatever oh, guests wow. you had, where it was just an epic moment where you were in the zone, everyone's firing hot, you walk out of studio and you're still just vibing so much you're like, I wasn't done. That's the first question. And then this is that question. second question. Answer them in any way you want. How much money, what market for you and Opie and Jim to get back together? Uh, oh, how Jesus. much money, how much money, <laughs> how much money, and it's and it's it's favored nations. How right. much money would it take for you and what market? Mhm. Okay. Interesting.
3: Um well the 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 market would be New York. I mean
0: okay. New York City. That's that's the place to Could be. Could you do terrestrial or would you want to be back on SiriusXM?
3: If if it's a uh just a uh, throw out um fantasy here, uh terrestrial I think. Okay. Uh even though I mean they put so many limits on it, yeah. but I, I think, uh, me personally speaking, um, I think I, I've i found a, a way, I do terrestrial radio shows all the time, as yeah. do you, yeah. you know, you do this podcast, you could speak how you want to speak, and uh, I, I do Bernie and Sid's show pretty much every Tuesday on WABC, and it's a whole different way of talking on terrestrial radio, and I yeah. like it. I do enjoy doing it's fun. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, terrestrial radio, New York City, money. Put a number out. Uh, oddly enough, oddly enough for me personally, it wouldn't take all that much. For real, yeah. For yeah. you, if I Opie
0: and Jimmy yeah. to work in the same room again. Yeah, the Opie and Anthony show, terrestrial radio in New York. Give me a real. I want a legit number because it's not even about the the money really, but if
3: uh, if we're talking uh, cash and. Uh, like I would just if I could still do compound media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have compound that, media is your own thing. Then I would just be like, eh, give me a couple bucks just for <laughs> fucking for transit. <laughs> like I don't I don't I, I wouldn't care about uh right, give me a million. Okay. <laughs> I'll take million. a mill, A million. That's a good round number. I'll take yeah. a mill and then we'll we'll hang out and have fun. But I still obviously would do compound media and yeah. stuff. Uh yeah. But like I've said, I'll do Opie Show on Westwood. I'll give yeah. him a plug. He's on Westwood one. Uh, I would do his show. Yeah. Uh, if he wanted
0: to do my show in a second, come on, let's do it. Oh, the biggest problem with Opie's show, and I'm saying this, I hope Opie hears this, is his booking process. <laughs> Opie fucking texts you when you're in New York, and you're fucking heading back out to JFK to fly to LA, and he goes, next time he's in uh, New York, he said he'd do my show. I go, hit me up the day before. Yeah, I'm yeah, coming maybe to New you York. should. Yeah, like yeah. get me, like hit me up, and I will definitely do your show. I would love to do your show. Yeah, I love all those guys, but I just. It's like, he's, he's always like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I missed you, dude. God damn it. I missed you, dude. No, that's, yeah. He,
3: he, he's kind of like me in that. He probably needs somebody that he does some, that. He definitely know. could
0: use somebody. I, I've,
3: I've delegated a lot of responsibility with Compound Media, whereas it was me in my basement. I was running the soundboard. I was running the video clips. I was hosting the show. I was running everything. Yeah. And then it got to a point where it's like, no, I want a crew you know, we got uh, uh, Garrett and John, who are just great behind the board, uh, running the show. Isn't E-Rock Keith there now? Is great. E-Rock is there now, and he's been really valuable as far as uh, uh, r- relations with um, uh, radio stations and getting me out there. And uh, and he's just a he's another one of those good energy people to have on there, like yeah. uh, Garrett and John. And uh, and the shows are really fun. And what are all the shows on Compound Media? If you we got an in hot water. Uh, Morning with Bill Schultz uh, and Joanne Nosichinsky. They were on Fox News. I pretty much pillaged all of uh, Red Eye. <laughs> I took everyone <laughs> from Fox Red Eye with Gutfeld's uh, Red Eye. Uh, yeah, and we got uh, uh, Michael Malice does a show um, at 11 o'clock p.m. Uh, who else we got? Who else we got? Kevin uh, oh. Brennan. Someone, oh, Brennan's fucking burning bridges with kevin brennan
0: kevin brennan
3: i walk in the most
0: fascinating human dude
3: beings. i walk into the studio because he's on before me and i sit down to eat my lunch the door is shut to the studio and i hear like, <laughs> and i get like anxiety like my dad is yelling at my mom again it sounds yeah. he's got the same tone and it's that yelling he is so angry And I laugh my ass off. Like, I'm like, what is he mad at? What is he so mad at? Because then you listen to what he's yelling at, and it's really nothing important.
0: (laughs) Dude, he was the first person I met in stand-up comedy. Really? very first person I met, and he was a very different human being then. Was he? Oh. Oh. He just just wouldn't speak to you and just walk away. I'm sure he was internally the same guy. And then when he started melting down, I, as, as just as just a fan of the medium yeah. you tune in and you're like and he said one of my favorite lines i've ever heard is uh he he came back on opium and gym and he goes uh they go you got in a lot of trouble that last appearance he's like yeah my wife found out i cheated on her and they were like yeah how'd that happen he goes you know it I said it in the last five minutes of the show. <laughs> Who listens to the last five minutes? Is... She said, You hooked up with that girl. And he goes, You listen to the last five minutes? That was his. And as a comic, I'm like, You listen to the last five minutes? That makes so much sense. If I say in the first 20, I get it. Right. You heard it. That's right. where I put all the shit that I don't want a secret. But in the last fucking yeah. five minutes, oh, that, that killed that me so fucking well. hard. Yeah. Yeah, to watch him just go. And you know what's interesting is that, in all fairness, We've talked about when people go fucking ham on you on the online, and he's done that to his brother. And at first, oh, yeah. and it's first because I love, I love Neil, I love yeah. Neil, and I love Kevin. At first, it just made me giggle, and then, and then after a while, I, was, I remember I bring it up to Neil, and Neil was like, "Yeah, I don't find it funny. Uh, it's not funny." Yeah, and it's... I was like, and I was like, "Oh yeah." In my head, I was like, "Why wouldn't he find it funny?" Then when it happens to you, you're like, "Oh yeah, that's not funny." When it happens to you, I couldn't like I, I can't imagine it's real. Like when Dude, Kevin I goes it was,
3: off, I I'm it like, it's got to be a work, and then you're like, no, this is real. Like Kevin is
0: that guy. But part, yeah, <laughs> and part of me, like, part of me feels like I, I, I can't speculate. I can't speculate, but man, Kevin Brennan is a fascinating. I've had him. I had him on my podcast. So he's and he's hilariously
3: funny. Like I've done his show a couple of times, and he's just. I've seen his stand up yeah he is a funny motherfucker and the anger that is in him is second to none he's been yeah. banned like he gets banned from the uh the cellar in new york and just he I, he's not really a people person <laughs> he's he's nice to you
0: he called no. i got a call from chad zumach one time and he's like yo kevin's <laughs> talking shit about you on his show oh, no. and i was like huh and he goes he's talking he's talking shit about you call in so I I just call in and, I, and they go we have a caller and uh, I go what's up Kevin it's Bert and he goes who the fuck told him I was talking behind his back <laughs> <laughs> yeah he goes I got I'm talking behind your back like <laughs> yeah what the fuck you can't call in and I go what were you saying and he goes. I don't know. He's just a fucking horse shit act. (laughs) He goes, you're a horse shit act who takes his shirt off. He goes, the fucking mob story is not real. I'm telling you that right now. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. Wow. Like it just, it's but that's Kevin. Yeah. And you got, and it's also the part of the thing, part of the game, I believe in this business, in this business, you know, not, I'm not talking about like, I I I can't really speak. I, I can't speak for Gavin per se or for like, I don't even know what the fuck they do. But, like, for me and you and comics and like our business, as part of it, you got to let it roll off your back and go. Dude, if I if I make you laugh, come to my shows. If I right. don't make you laugh, don't come to my shows. If you support Kevin, go to his shows. By the way, Kevin and I are friends. <laughs> yeah. but, and when he said that, I wanted to defend the story, but the other part of me was like, I know there are people that believe what he's saying. Right, so right. Fuck what it. Are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? What am I gonna really fucking sit there and go point by point through that story and try <laughs> to defend it? I'm I'm just gonna let Kevin have his fun. And and we fucked around on air and we laughed. Uh-huh. And then I hung up and I had him on my podcast like a week later. Yeah. And so part of it's it's the part of the, the weird part is it's fake media. Yeah, is, is, yeah. is you people hear that and then go they take it for real oh shut the fuck up he
3: hates him this is a problem every time I've heard from a, a, a third party oh so and so is shitting on you and and you're like, you like instant reaction is I'm gonna get on the air and just fucking lambast this motherfucker and then you actually listen to what was said and it's nothing yeah. it's nothing and you go wow I was really going to light that motherfucker up uh, and yeah yeah and start a problem you know people start just, a legit problem yeah start a real problem people just love throwing that in there
0: get that fire going i i i uh, i ignore everything i Good. my hardest my try my hardest um and then I hired a team to block people. So anyway, um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I hired a team that I was like, hey, there's a few buzzwords I don't like. And if you see <laughs> yeah. them in my fucking thing, just delete the guy. And right, block right. Them. Block that shit. I was like, I don't need that shit in my life. I don't yeah. need my because my kids read this it's shit. It's toxic. I consider it like, I, I call it static.
3: It's like, I want to look at something. I'm not going to look through static yeah. I'm gonna clear the static I'm gonna fine tune it and that all has to go and it's so negative to just your psychology there have been days where I was just miserable because of reading something and it's like why should my whole fucking day be ruined because some
0: asshole wrote something you know okay, so and by the way I, remember, you know, I just don't want to read it I remember a friend of mine and I definitely won't say his name because he would not like this but he goes dude I have the biggest fucking Twitter war today and it has ruined my day i mean at one point i was like near crying and i'm fucking this guy's fucking destroying me and i'm destroying him he was 13 years old (laughs) i said really i go how you know that And he goes his mom read my tweets and said why would you text that to my child my son and and i was fighting with a child and i was like are you serious he was like i was fighting with a fucking child and i he had me crying almost oh. crying in my fucking car. Uh, it's either the Materiso de Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh no. Ari loves that shit. Oh, That's the, yeah, yeah. Ari's Teflon. You can't fuck with him cuz he just doesn't care. <laughs> he really yeah, does, yeah. he really doesn't care. Did you see what he he, he tweets things that are like that are like <laughs> inviting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's looking for for people It's guys like it's guys like me who people go I I think sometimes they go, um, oh, he's, he's he's phony or what? I don't know. I don't know what people think about me. I really don't. I, and I I just hope it's good. But yeah. but then they then they post shit and you're just like, oh, fucking. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll get you out of here. What? Oh, favorite right, memory. right. Femory, favorite memory. That was. Um, and then I'm gonna tell you mine. I'm, okay. Let me let me start. I'm gonna tell you top five. I'm gonna tell you top five. Okay. All right. Uh, Patrice's death. Number one. That was huge. Yeah. That was uh, one of the one of the biggest laughs
3: uh when um yeah, when the the line came out of uh the we're going to need a a giant coffin in a purple uh, suit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That can I tell you I uh, was the exact line I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you where I was. It, I was driving back from Tempe and it was on replay and I I was like I remember I had to get gas. Yeah. And I f- do, never would do this again. And I pulled up in my car and I left the car on and the radio blaring so I could keep listening. <laughs> and I filled, I was on E. I had run that to fumes. <laughs> and I'm listening, listen, fucking car is still on, filling it up with gas, thinking I might explode. Yeah. But this yeah. is worth it.
3: <laughs> yeah. That was uh, one of those shows. All the comics came in and uh, were just, you know, remembering Patrice. It was kind of a weird, somber show very weird uh yeah yeah there were a couple of those that were kind of Nine Eleven was another one that was uh um, listen it was a tough tough one uh i've never listened back to it because i know there was so much stuff that we didn't know at the time and i hate listening to going like there are 10 more planes crashing all over the yeah. you know and, and uh, speculation and things like that but that was a, a a sad fucking show but the first laugh we got after 9-11 which was probably i don't know a week or so later because the week after that was all about terrorism and yeah. fucking the towers and dead people it was terrible uh and then we we got a, a tape of some guy doing tribute songs we got a bunch of people doing tribute songs to the towers and and it was so bad everyone sucked the rhyming it was all so contrived freedom and we need to get the bombs into and, and that made us laugh we we would stop the tape and come up with our own line that rhymed with something and oh. me and jimmy just f- crying at that so that i remember that as being a great moment too because we uh, we had gotten over that hump of not being able to laugh. Yeah. Uh, so that was a big
0: one. Uh, God, J- Which, which J- other J- ones Jocktober do you remember? was always oh. fun as fuck. And by the way, those were my friends. A lot of time, those were my <laughs> yes. friends. Like my legit friends. And, well, Jimmy but,
3: wound, wound up having to go on a lot of those shows when he's touring. Yeah,
0: and, and I remember – and that's where I met Sam. That's where I fell in love with Sam. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Sam would do the intro reads for Jocktober. Right, and it was, and he was so good at that smarmy, smarmy, sarcastic, right, turning uh, the screws. Uh, Gill and Sean yeah. in Minnesota—they are—they have a peppy little morning show that <laughs> we're going to rip apart. Dude, those were great. Yeah, uh, my the hardest, the hardest I ever laughed on your show ever, the hardest I ever laughed ever, 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 and and I've always heard this doing radio. I pulled my car over. I'm not, <laughs> I can to tell you, by the way, car. I can tell you where I was. Oh, my God. I pulled my car over two blocks uh, west of, of Detroit Street on the corner of 6th. Jesus. And on the, I pulled my car over. Patrice and Louis. the etymology of the word. The, the, oh, yes. The N word and the K word. Dude. And by the way, I, this is. I I have to preface is that I don't think it's, I, it's, it was a different time, yeah. but it was a different show, but if it was a different, it was two friends. Yeah. And, and so like you, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do us justice. And I, I don't mind saying the N word if it's in in context yeah. or the K word if it's in context, but we're pulling it so far out of context yeah, yeah, no, that I, I that right. I, that I wouldn't want it. And I, and I would never do it justice. Uh huh. But you have to hear that because... Yeah, look it up
3: online because it is hilarious. It's shocking because it comes out of left field.
0: So far out of left field. It's the brilliance of Louis C. Yeah. The fucking sheer brilliance of Louis. Louis was one of our
3: just best guests. He was a favorite because we never knew where the show was going when he was on. Uh, one of my favorite times with Louis was uh, the, the Donald Rumsfeld called call. Uh, call. Uh, he's kid, he was pitching a, a f- f- book. Oh he's my the God. former Secretary of Defense, rum, Rummy. He was known to just be a hard ass. So you'd see Rumsfeld on there. Al-Qaeda. He's a oh, eh, real old curmudgeon. And uh, Louis would not stop calling him a lizard person. He's oh like, you're, you're a lizard person, right? You're, you're a lizard person. And I had to keep jumping and going, Mr. Rumsfeld, I'm sorry. This is Louis C.K. He's a comic. Don't mind what he's saying oh. now uh, during the Gulf war you, and I'm trying to go and he goes, so I I see a video right here of you blinking and you have lizard eyes. You have, sir, are you, or are you not a lizard person? And he just wouldn't stop. And I'm trying to keep him on the line. Uh, oh. I'm trying to, cause I'm waiting for him to just slam the phone down and call in a fucking airstrike on the studio. It was,
0: but it was hilarious. Like that's, that's Louie. Louie. Uh, there was a time I think you guys had Louis Gervais and Ronnie B in studio. Yeah, I was out that day.
3: Was that? Were you out? Yeah, yeah. That we just was. talked about that with uh, Jay. I think Jay was in also, and that Jay was. was just talking about not being able to get a word in, and Jay no one was, was laughing. And Jay he was, pissed. was
0: not enjoying that because I think I was he friends was with Jay pissed. at the time, and he was not enjoying it. And, yeah, and then he. I think called in the next day to slam them. Yes, to Bennington. He just told me this yesterday. During, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. During the yeah, show. Yeah, he yeah. was pissed. He's like,
3: everything's cool now. He goes, but I'm sitting there and, you know, Louis editing one of his shows and Gervais is just laughing at everything that, that Louis and Bennington say. And I'm just, you know, a piece of shit sitting there and no one's left. They're on their phones. They're doing everything. You know, I'm, I'm dancing as fast as I can and I'm getting nothing. Uh, oh. so he was he was really pissed
0: and he started doing the Gervais impression.
3: Ah, he's so funny. He's
0: he was pissed though, yeah. Yeah, he was legit pissed. Yeah. Uh, you can hear it when you watch it when you listen to that interview. <laughs> yes. And I've we heard that. So funny, I one time <laughs> one time I was watching a uh I was listening to the Patrice uh the day after the day died podcast or uh episode. Fucking what what am I talking podcast language? And I started watching a porn, and I was jerking off, but I was still listening to the replay. Oh shit! And I'm terrified that that video that someone grabbed my my little camera and recorded me jerking off. Not because I had the I had the I had the porn on mute because I'm just right. seeing that. So all they would t- see is me jerking off to Patrice's to death. Patrice's
3: fucking death stories.
0: Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> so wait, what? So what? If you could go in a time machine, yeah. What would be the day that you'd like to like relive one more time? Would it be those those early days where you're drinking beers at six PM? Would it be would it be the first few days of of serious XM or XM where you guys are stretching your legs at four hours and really seeing what kind of fun you have? It would it would it be those days when you did the radio and then did the walkover and had those fucking wind out nights, nice, like going yeah. yard at last hour, or would it be That time, and I think right after that, right after you guys got stopped doing that show, that's when Louis and all them and and Ricky Gervais and everyone started showing up, and it was almost like a a hotbed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oddly enough, um, and NEW,
3: the entire time we spent at NEW was just debaucherous. It was amazing. I mean, the the amount of nudity naked girls coming in we had beers in coolers that were supposed to be there for snapple and it was just beer companies would bring pallets up jägermeister the jägermeister machine the frozen
0: Jager machine admit i'm a fucking fan oh yeah please admit i'm a dude say what the fuck you want to say about (laughs) i am a fucking fan i remember i remember i remember talking to someone one time and the guy goes (laughs) So, wait, you're a legit fan. I go, "What I I like fanning out on shit. Yeah, I like yeah. liking shit. There's nothing wrong with liking shit." Yeah. <laughs> we we have foosball tables, pinball machines, like I've drawn that room out in my head. Oh, dude. It, I've drawn that room. I know where the cooler is in the corner. Yeah, like in the because corner. I've listened to you guys talk about it oh my so God. much and I'm like, "Oh, I would have loved that. Showing cold beers at 6."
3: Yeah, just Cold beers, and we we uh we would have those razor rollerboard scooters to take to our office and back up the hall. It was like a frat house, and just whatever we wanted to do, right up until sex in a church. But yeah, uh, before that, no holes barred. It was great. Even with all that, uh, if I had that opportunity to go back to any time, oddly enough, it would be the first few months of WAF in Boston where. I knew nothing about this business. It was the most exciting time of my life. It was petrifying and amazing. I still remember the smells of the studio and the those 90s grunge songs play that we had to play, you know, 10 songs an hour. And then we dropped down to eight and we'd talk a little more. And uh, we started getting a name for ourselves. And it was the time where me and Opie were really friends. We were legitimately yeah
0: friends at that and you're point making friends with a human
3: yeah yeah like it was coming friends with, and it was so cool. it was an amazing uh build those three years that we were there went from i'm a tin knocker who somehow is thrown into this business doing radio to the end where i was like i got this now i know what i'm doing it but all that build up the having to do my own production on commercials Like after work at 7 p.m. I went into the production studio with reel-to-reels and um, a donut, they would call it, with the tagline of Newberry Comics or some of those Boston places, and I would have to voice it or, you know, tonight on Fox 25. I I loved that shit. And listening on the radio, I would hear myself do it because I couldn't listen to myself because I was on the radio, but I would hear my commercials and me voicing commercials as I was driving and be like, oh, fuck. I'm on the radio. That's fucking awesome. Uh, The appearances we do. We're going to be at Club Cadillac uh, this Wednesday. Come down, meet Opie and Anthony. And like, we weren't anybody at that point, but we had some fans come down and they'd drink with us and hang out. And those were like, it was the most innocent of the Opie and Anthony years. But it was also like, it was so new to me and so exciting to be part of it that that's like the the part that stands out the most as the most
0: enjoyable part of uh, of my career. Yeah. Dude, obviously I love you. I I I, I you've you've brought me so, so much joy. I appreciate you doing my podcast. Dude, please. I appreciate you having me on love your it. podcast. Uh, uh I to continued success. I, the, Thank you, man. And, and thanks good for luck, having me. This is great. Good luck with the book. I can't wait to go down and read it now. I read that I heard Mark Maron was interviewing uh fucking busy Phillips. And I guess she wrote a book. And I was listening to that podcast on my ride to Santa Ynez this weekend. And I was like, this past this Thanksgiving weekend. And I had your book. And I'm like, perfect. We're up in wine country. Like, I just got glasses. I'm like, I'm going to read his book. And I, like, I just got glasses. And so I was like, so excited. And I, I was I'd already read uh, the first like forty pages. Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, I don't read books because then once you, once you read someone's book, I found as an interview, you lead them into questions. It's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. And I was like, Oh, th- then I'm not going to read his. I was like, Fuck, because if I read your book, then I'll be like, Oh, I don't have any questions. Right. Like I don't all the stuff I yeah, you know, don't know. I'll now know. Book. We we went to uh we just came
3: up from San Juan Capistrano where uh, just oh, just just west right uh it's south of uh, yeah south of here just southwest oh, it's southwest of LA I think well yeah a little bit it's kind of closer to the beach it's near San Diego uh no it's between LA and San Diego it's near Dana Point Laguna Beach okay yeah yeah yeah, around that area uh yeah so we were there because that's a lot of the parts uh, of my childhood in the book are based in California San Juan Capistrano my dad was out there me and my dad and his fucking goofy friends and horses we were really like equestrian we had a ranch type thing going on uh, so uh, the story I told about Dreamweaver who is one of the girls I met on the CB radio which was social media of the 70s uh, and where I met her where the two rivers came together uh, we went there and Missy took some video of me talking about that and uh, uh, Gay Richard's treehouse uh, the tree, the eucalyptus yeah. tree. We got some video of that. The swallows in my my saddle uh, from when I was a kid is in that, that bar uh, in Capistrano still from like 1975, and it's still up on a rafter uh, in there. So we got a little uh, history of um, uh, of things that are in the book uh, on video that we're going to be posting. Uh, oh, that's awesome. In a couple of days, yeah, yeah, where I talk about some of the locations, buzz where uh, buzz took my uh, virginity i have the apartment that we were actually there we were standing in front of it at the door i go that's the window to my room where it all (laughs) happened and now it's just amazing it's uh it's it's a little run down now i'd i'd say a little is it a little shady over there (laughs) is your dad still alive uh no he died back in 96 i guess
0: 95 96 the only dad story i remember is opie's dad had uh heart problems and he's a he, every time i eat chicken wings i think of opie's dad he goes oh, right uh, yeah. he goes buddy they're protein <laughs> yeah 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 that's it <laughs> yeah it's chicken it's chicken yeah, come on yeah. it's chicken oh, um, that was
3: quite the character
0: yeah. what uh where can everyone get the book what's the info oh my the book? goodness uh barnesandnoble.com
3: um amazon.com and compoundmedia.com which we have uh Autographed copies you could buy uh, there. I've been signing books at my house just kind of Fucking doing so that. annoying. I hate it's that. like a lot of books, but we got a good system. And then I, I was putting like Merry Christmas and I throw 100 in there and then just shut it and put it in the box. So people that order the book don't even know. Some some people get get 100 bucks.
0: I did that at Barnes & Noble. I'd go through and put you 100 bu- bucks in a book. <laughs> That's great, and right? Go, and just go to Barnes and & Noble and do a live video. Yo, there's 100 bu- bucks. I'm here in Connecticut. Go find my book. Find my book.
3: Yeah. it turns are.
0: out they don't buy it, they just go through the goddamn books.
3: <laughs> Take out the hundred. Well, these they won't even know. Like they'll yeah. buy it, autograph, open it up, and and if you see my name
0: and Merry Christmas, turn the page and oh, they will be a I gave I made I gave my daughters books and I was like, draw pictures in them. I draw I, pictures, I, yeah. Dude, oh, I got adorable. so creative with my trying to sell my book and I never made the bestseller list. Oh uh, it was yeah. a fucking yeah, I'll never write another book in the rest of my life. I'll never put on a
3: life jacket again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh I can't wait to read the rest of it.
3: Thanks, man. Can wait. And, and again, thanks for uh having me in here. I I, I don't make it out to California enough. Yeah, at all. Oh, oh, look, Keith is telling me, uh compound 20, right? If you go to compoundmedia.com and put compound 20 in, you get 20% off a subscription. So, uh for do real? that. All the information is at compoundmedia.com. Everything you need is uh, right there. Yeah. All the shows, all the, you know, uh book uh, sales merch all that happy horse shit that you do when you have a podcast (laughs) dude uh, thank you for doing this man thank you man
0: I appreciate it